1: Happy Full House Friday, everyone. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta? Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. All right. Well, we have come to the end of the Full House portion of this podcast. Today, I'm covering the one-hour series finale, season eight, episode 23, Michelle Rides Again, Part 1, which aired May 23, 1995, and also Season 8, Episode 24, Michelle Rides Again, Part 2. So, in Part 1, while out horseback riding, Michelle's horse runs into a trait that is incorrect. The horse does not jump over the log. Michelle falls from the horse because the horse gets spooked by the log, but afterwards has no problem jumping over the log. I don't get it. I don't get what was with the horse that day. Anyway, (laughs) this episode's got a 6.7. That is, like, to me, that's really low. It's got a 6.7 out of 10 based on 306 ratings. Guest starring. We have Sharon Cochran as Morgan. We have Will Estes, Estes as Andrew. Stephanie's last ever love interest. We have Allison Christman as writing instructor. We have Biff Maynard as cowpoke. And Ebic Pizzadilli as Elizabeth. Has this girl been in anything else? Let's see. Uh, not really. <laughs> not really. Alright. So, episode directed by Joel Zwick. Writers Jeff Franklin and Adam... Lapidus, Dennis Rensler, and Mark Warren. Alright, let's see. We've got user reviews. 6 out of 10 from Studio A.T. Michelle Reds Again Part 1. This is from July 17th, 2021. Although it wasn't confirmed when the cast filmed it, these last two episodes do feel like a very fitting finale for Full House as there is a definite upping of the stakes in terms of drama. It's never been particularly a laugh out loud show for me overall, but it's warm and sweet and that goes a long way. I like I like that saying of but it's warm and sweet and that goes a long way. It really is. It is it's a family show. It can have funny moments, it can have sweet endearing moments. All right, we got some we have no trivia. Wow character error there's a goof the characters appear to have forgotten that in season two episode dj's very first horse rebecca ended up buying a horse the horse michelle rides is old peppermill the rented and when nikki and alex tell rebecca they want a horse she says they'll get one when they are old enough to carry a shovel no mention is ever made of the horse rebecca owns honestly yeah not to mention, DJ never mentions Rocket ever again after that episode. You know, just letting me know how much you enjoy the show, what the show means to you, all of that. Thank you, thank you so much for joining me on this four-year journey. Although, the the journey is not fully complete. No, the journey is going to be complete in 2024 when I wrap up Fuller House, which kicking off in January, yes, I will be tackling the rest of the episodes I didn't get to in the last four years of Fuller House, basically going through seasons one through five. There isn't going to be a series of episodes, it's just going to be hitting all the ones I didn't get to. (laughs) And I'm not going to lie, there are some that are not particularly my favorite, but still, again, I'm still going to review them regardless. And I'll have fun with it, you know, because I, I do. I love Fuller House. I, I, I think it was a great continuation of the show. We got to see where the characters were 20-plus years later, 25 years down the road. It just it's so cool. So I hope that you will continue with me on this journey, still listening to the podcast in 2024 to Fuller House. Now, one thing I have kind of decided that I may do some compilation video, uh, podcast episodes, um, read some Full House Stephanie books, uh, do some, I think there's like a PSA of Full House that I also have been working on covering that, but... The podcast after Fuller House is done and after I've done some compilation stuff and, you know, read some Full House Stephanie books and stuff like that, isn't going to be nearly as active as it once was. I mean, I may cover like a a movie review or something like that. Maybe at some point I may get to those two Olsen twin movies, the... Uh oh what were they called double double toy own trouble into grandmother's house we go. I might get to that maybe next next Halloween and next Christmas. We'll see that's still quite a ways off, but um, yeah, I won't be nearly as active here, but I will still be semi active on the other two podcasts that I do, so feel free to listen in there. And lastly, if you haven't yet and you'd like to, go to iTunes and leave a review for the podcast if you can. You can use emojis to describe your favorite characters, your favorite episode titles, hit me up with a trivia question, stuff like that. So, without further ado, let's jump into the first episode of this series finale two-parter. Season 8, episode 23, Michelle Rides Again, part 1. But of course, we get to see the adorable cold open. I look, honestly, that's another compilation. It's just going through the cold opens of each season and just picking out my favorite ones. I think that I will definitely look into that too. Oh, my gosh! The cold here we go again with the flip up hair from d j why Why did they think this was a good look for? I just i don't get it. This ain't the nineteen fifties. She don't need to have the the hair like 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 that with a flip up at the end. It just looks not good. <laughs> Because the cold open here, we are in DJ's room. Kimmy comes in talking about the prom dress that she bought, saying, oh, it is so me. And DJ asks, is that a good thing? It's like, we all know Kimmy. She She is well known about her wacky outfits, whether it's colors, whether it's the style of it. That's just, Kimmy's motto is go big or go home, basically. (laughs) There is a corkboard in DJ's room that does have, what is it, it says like, there's a pamphlet that says Winchester, it looks like Mystery House, I'm not sure what that is. There's also a picture of Jesse and Joey from Season 2 or 3 when they were in advertising together. That's a throwback picture. Especially when Joey had short hair. <laughs> Those couple seasons, I think it was, it had to have been season 3 and season 5. And I think also seasons, wait, No. No, it was season three and season six. It felt like he had short hair. It just seems like the other times he just, he had the mullet. There's a ribbon for third place. DJ got third place in something. So at least it feels to me like that just shows like she's not perfect at everything. Single thing that she does. And give me, of course, that first looks insulted. Like, are you kidding Well, I mean, of course I haven't bought the batteries yet. I'm like, oh, okay, wow. I'd be like, I'm looking forward to seeing what this is. And yeah, she's going to be going with Dwayne. Dwayne's going to love my dress. And DJ is like, wow, you have a date and a dress. I'm I'm surprised we don't get a Nelson mention. Like, why don't you just go and take Nelson, have Nelson take you? Even though you're not dating. So, basically, DJ says, so far, my prom's looking like a bag of chips and a remote control. And Kimmy says, hey, look, DJ, you spent your whole year dating Nelson and Viper. So, basically, all of season eight. Nobody knows you're available. Well, she dated two people that didn't even go to that school. So, (laughs) for the most part, before that, the only person they knew she was dating was Steve because she dated him for, like, a year and a half. Kimmy says, "Oh, don't worry. I'll put the word out." And she grabs a sharpie and says, "Yeah, your uh, your name and your phone number on the bathroom wall." And then Kimmy, no, 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 don't, don't do that. Because the last thing DJ wants to appear is desperate. And DJ asks, "Oh, Kimmy, you're not going to do anything tacky, are you? I mean, DJ, come on. This is Kimmy. You know her. Everything she does is tacky." And Kimmy says, oh, no, of course not. Let me borrow your magic marker. And that's where DJ puts, like, no, 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 Kimmy, I don't want my name on a locker room wall. Right, got it. Initials and phone number. Oh, my gosh. And DJ proceeds to chase Kimmy out of the room and down the stairs. And that is a cold open. (laughs) Now that I think about it, I don't think part two gets a cold open because we just jump right into... What happens after part one ends?
2: Indeed, hey, wait until you see the prom dress I just bought. It is so neat. Is that a good thing? Are you kidding? Well, of course, I haven't bought the batteries yet. Dwayne is gonna love it. Wow, you have a date and a dress. So far, my prom's looking like a bag of chips in a remote control. Indeed, well, you spent your whole year dating Nelson and Viper, nobody knows you're available. I'll put the word out. You're not going to do anything tacky, are you? Of course not. Let me borrow your magic marker. <laughs> Kimmy, I don't want my name on a locker room wall. Right, initials and phone number. No, Kimmy, 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 Kimmy.
1: So we come out of the intro. Danny, of course, is recording Michelle on her horse. As the instructor is kind of giving her instructions, like, keep your shoulders open. Yeah, she's telling her, heels down, look up and open up your shoulders. So, is she looking down? Yes, look at your fence and give your pony enough time to see the fence. Maybe that's what happened uh, when she was out riding. She really should not have been off riding by herself. I mean, she was with that other girl, but that other girl had most likely been riding horses for quite a while. Is it just me or just this child not look like they're having fun? They just look so, like, st- this stoic look on her face. And, yeah, he says, oh, Michelle, you're doing so good. And she's like, oh, thank you. And he tells her, see, all those quarters we pumped into that horse in front of the supermarket really paid off. I I think that's one thing that Meyer had in Michigan, of course, and I had known since I was a child, was I think the horse's name was Sandy, and you'd just put, you put pennies in it, and you'd get it right. And it's just, oh, I don't know. I mean, see, it feels like almost every kid has a memory of that. There's even a picture of me as a child on a little bouncy horse. And of course, Michelle says, yeah, but I'd be even better if I didn't have to share the time with Joey. Joey had better not be getting on that mechanical horse. He is a grown adult. That is a horse for children. You know, now that I think about it, the movie It Takes Two came out around this time. So the Olsen twins would have had horse riding experience because they were on a horse. They had ridden a horse, so, yeah. Not to me I thought there were some Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, like, detective movies, like How the West Was Fun or something, where they had to ride horses or something. I've never seen that, so I don't know.
2: Heels down, Michelle. Look up and open up your shoulders. Look at your fence and give your pony enough time to see that fence. Good. Open up your shoulders. Look up.
3: Hey, Michelle you're doing great.
0: Thanks.
3: You see all those quarters we pumped into that little horse in front of the supermarket really paid off.
4: I'd be even better if I didn't have to share the time with Joey.
0: <laughs> okay Michelle. feel
1: So this is really interesting. I love, I know they have stock footage. One in particular though is really gorgeous. It's of the, I believe the Golden Gate Bridge. The sun is just really starting to set. It's kind of a nice, like, peachy pink color over the set. It's just, oh, it's just so beautiful. I just love this stuff. Put a screenshot here. Okay, why why do they have Lori Laughlin in sweats? I don't get it. So Danny comes, what the, this is like nighttime. Where is he coming from? Because it's like dark outside. I mean, I get it, it's fall, you know, it's, you know, the day get shorter. Becky's like, hey, I see you got, yeah, she's got her riding uh, pants on, her riding boots, and basically her riding outfit. So you riding hat, riding pants, riding boots. Michelle is so proud of herself as she says, and jumping. Because Becky's like, oh, let me guess, you were riding? Michelle says, "Yeah, I was jumping too. That's really cool. I mean, that's got to be like you go from this like just circling the the corral, the the fence line, and everything, and then you get up to the the jumping part, and it just I mean, my sister had a horse. I know I've mentioned this up most likely in the DJ's very first horse or DJ's first or or however, and it was just." The horse made me very nervous. I was about, I'd say maybe eight, nine years old at the time when my sister got this horse. From what she says, the horse was very old. Um, Also, very, very skittish because there were a couple times where the horse just, and we lived out in the country, the horse just took off. Just, we were taking it to its pen and it just, it saw like the bridle, like, lead thing and it just boom and it was like right after because i had helped, was helping my sister and y'all wash the horse give it a bath or whatever <laughs> and <laughs> whenever like because there are instances where my dad would get on the horse and have me up there and i would just praying 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 so hard that the horse would be fine, that it wouldn't freak out, because there's one time my sister put me on the back of the horse, and that horse took off for its little corral, and I'm just like, never again, I just, horses freak me out after that experience, I was like, I don't know, I don't know, would I be willing to get up on a horse again after all that, I don't know, And <laughs> physically I'm not in the shirt I don't know, I'd have to wait a while, I need to get more in shape before I decide to get on a horse, I guess. And Danny's like, yeah, she did really well. And he says, you know, Becky, I don't know what it is. but There's just something about being around horses that just makes you want to shower and shower again.
2: Hey, well, let's see. Riding hat, (laughs) riding pants, riding boots. Wild guess. You were riding? And jumping. You
3: did great. I don't know, Becky, there's something about being around horses that just makes you want to shower and
1: shower again <laughs> So Danny goes upstairs to presumably wash the horse stench off of him himself and Stephanie comes in and Becky's surprised that Stephanie's rolling in so late like you're normally home from school well before this. Well, Stephanie decided to stay after school and work on her uh, drama scene from Romeo and Juliet. The balcony scene from Romeo and Juliet. Andrew Burke, How interesting is his last name is Berkeley because they're in California. So <laughs> Stephanie is so excited because oh my gosh, Andrew Berkeley's Romeo, I'm Juliet. He is a total babe. He, honestly, very cute. Of course, Really, really liked him when he played JJ Pryor in American Dreams from 2002 to 2005. Such a good show. I really wish I hadn't have canceled it. And Becky reminisces about the fact that she also did that play in junior high, but it wasn't a lot of fun because she went to an all girls school. She says, in fact, I was Romeo. So, Stephanie says, the problem is when they get to the kissing part, Andrew just stops, he just freezes, and he's like, okay, next scene. And here, Michelle, again, throws in, oh yeah, that's because you have dry lips, Steph. And Stephanie goes over to Michelle and says, I don't have dry lips. And Michelle, upon closer inspection, says, oh yeah, they look like two sun-dried gummy bears. That is such an interesting description describe someone who's got like chap lips. So Stephanie, of course, is like <sighs> Becky. And Becky, do I have dry lips? And Becky's like, oh no, of course you. Have. And upon closer inspection, says, uh, you might want some chapstick. Why? I mean, Becky is in like sweats, gray sweats. And I just, I don't understand why did they put her... Maybe she's like, hey, I just want to wear sweats in the scene. No, she says you might want to think about breathing through your nose. What does that have to do with dry lips? Stephanie's the one that suggests she gets some chapstick. You know, that's the thing about chapstick. It comes in so many flavors now. Especially the seasonal scents like pumpkin pie. There's also... Like, s'mores flavor, chocolate, graham cracker, ma- uh, marshmallow, vanilla latte, I think is another. They just, chapstick really goes all out when it comes to this stuff.
2: Hey, I'm Becky. Hey, Steph. You're usually home from school before this. Well, I stayed late to work on my scene for drama class. It's so cool. We're doing the balcony scene for Romeo and Juliet, and I'm Juliet, and Andrew Berkeley is my Romeo. He's a total babe. You know, I did that play in junior high. It wasn't a lot of fun, though. Well, I went to an all-girls school. In fact, I was Romeo. Well, you see, the only problem is, after we get to the kissing part, it just stops. That's because you have dry lips. (laughs) Excuse me, but I do not have dry lips. Oh, yeah? They look like two
4: sun-dried gummy bears.
2: don't listen to her. Your lips aren't. You might want to think about breathing through your nose. Chapstick. I need chapstick.
1: So, Jesse and Joey come in the back door and say, hey, Beck, guess what? Guess what wacky DJs have just been given the opportunity for their own late-night wacky TV show. And Becky says, Casey Kasem and Howard Stern? And Jesse says, no and no. I'll give you a hint. One of them is the father of your children. And Becky says, well, I said Howard Stern. (laughs) So, Jesse and Joey have said, no, it's us. We've come up with a great concept. Joey, tell her about it. Each week they'll go to an unusual location, meet with unusual people with unusual jobs. This just sounds so similar to like some of those shows, I think, what was it called? Like Dirty Jobs or something where there are people that just have the most disgusting jobs in the world. And there's also, well, I like the one where, with the undercover boss, where the, like, CEO of the company, or whoever it is, goes and pretends to be an employee, like, a new employee of the company just to see how things are run. That was kind of cool. I only watched a couple episodes. And Joey says, we'll get to experience just what it's like to be unusual, or however he does Daffy's voice. I can tell you right, oh, it says, in quotes, in goofy voice. Not in Daffy's voice. At first when I saw the quotes in Goofy voice, I'm like, that's not Goofy. That's Daffy Duck. John Stamos cannot contain (laughs) his laughter there. And Becky says, yeah, oh, I I think you got that. I got, you got that part down, definitely. They're going to tag team for their audition. They're going to tag team, wrestle Sven and Ingemar, The Swedish spleen stompers. Guys, you don't know anything about wrestling. They're just going to, like, get hurt and make fools of themselves. But Then again, maybe that's the point. And Joey's like, hey, Jess, and we're going to be on TV, live TV with professional wrestlers, I better go find my tights. Because if not, I'm going to have to shave my legs. Why would you have to shave your legs? You're not a swimmer. That was the thing I thought is, like... Well, swimmers, sometimes, I like, you know, guys, you know, shaving their legs, their chest hair, what have you, to help them, you know, move through the water faster. And Jesse says as Joey walks away, I hope he finds them. And this is where Becky says, honey, I think that's a great idea. However, are you sure you have time for another project? Yeah, at this point in the show, Jesse's got the radio show. He's got the Smash Club. Also his band Hot Daddy and the Monkey Puppets. And she's like, "Honey, we're talking about my own TV show here." She says, "Yeah, I know that." But she says, "You already have your own radio show, Band Club and Kids and a wife who would like to see you for more than 2 minutes a day." She says, "I'd like to see you who likes to see you more than 12 minutes a day." Yeah, his 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 plate is full as it is. I mean, Joey, I mean, not so much. Of course they start kissing, and Joey's like, hey Jess, can I borrow your razor? And Jesse's like, I-, I gotta go. Why doesn't Joey have his own razor? Use your own! Or go on and buy a bunch of disposable ri- I don't know. <clears throat> you're gonna- I mean, honestly, you're gonna cut your leg anyway, regardless. I mean- if you get the disposal, I mean, I use the disposal. The ones I got, like, when I first started doing that was just, they were garbage. They were, like, thick. They were just, you could not cut your, leg like, shaving with those things. Hey,
5: Beck. guess what two wacky DJs have an audition for their own late-night wacky TV show?
2: Casey Kasem and Howard Stern?
5: No and no. Okay, I'll give you a hint. One of them is the father of your children.
2: What's that, Howard Stern?
5: Oh. oh, it's
3: us. we come up with a great concept. Joey, tell You see, Beck, each week we'll go to an unusual location and meet with unusual people with unusual jobs. We'll get to experience just what it's like to be unusual.
0: Oh, I think you pretty much got that far down.
5: See, for our audition, we're we're going to tag-team wrestle Sven and
3: Ingemar, the Swedish spleen stompers. Guess what, something, Jess? If we're going to be on live TV with professional wrestlers, I better go find my tights, because if not, I'm going to have to shave my legs. God, I
5: hope he finds them.
2: Well, honey, I think that this is great, but are you sure you have time for another project? Honey, we're talking about my own TV show here. Yeah, I know, but you already have your own radio show, your own band, your own club, and your own kids, and your own wife likes to see you more than 12
3: minutes a day.
5: Well, there's some things we'll always have time for. Hey,
3: Jess,
1: can I borrow your razor? Gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> so, DJ's sitting at the table eating a snack. We have Kimmy rolling in. She's got a short sleeveless jean jacket with actually looks like more like just a jean button-up vest with sleeves cut off she's got like a lime green kiwi pie shirt and then she's got a plaid skirt underneath and odds are she's probably wearing tights. she says hey dj i've had a healthy response to my search to find you mr Wright." Shuts out the back door. haul it in here, boys. And the guys just look like what a classic 90s TV nerd would look like. With the taped glasses, the sweater vest, the oily hair. All these guys got glasses, and at least two of them have the taped glasses. One of them looks like... He was on uh, the Power Rangers, who played Billy, but I don't think that's him. But we got at least two that have the sweater vests. We got two that got bow ties. We got one that's got a plaid sports jacket on, but all of them are actually wearing glasses. And they all look like they're at least in their 20s. And... DJ looks over at them in disgust. Turns to Kimmy, says, "Kimmy, what do you do? Raid a Star Trek convention?" And geez, Kimmy says, "Hey, don't get start. Don't start getting picky now. Oh, uh, by the way, do you have any issues about? Yeah, are you a stickler for stuff like you know personal hygiene? And of course." And DJ says, "Call me weird, but yes, yeah, yes." I'm sorry, but you know what? Personal hygiene, that is at the top of my list. If you're not taking care of yourself, if you have body odor, I'm sorry, but no. That's where I draw the line. You're not brushing your teeth, goodbye. You're not combing your hair, washing your hair, bye-bye. And Kimmy says, oh, rats. Bachelors 2 and 5, hit the showers. So the... The two guys leave, and that leaves like at least four of them. And DJ says, "Congratulations, Kimmy, you've hit an all-time low." Kimmy's like pleading with DJ at this point, like, "DJ, come on, at least talk to them. I mean, you've got nothing to lose." Where did these? They're not even. I don't even think these guys are high schoolers. Where did you find these men? And when Kimmy says, you've got nothing to lose, DJ says, yeah, except my dignity. I'd be like, Kimmy, I like a date, but I'm not desperate to just go with anybody that you bring in off the street. DJ turns and starts talking to guys. So they immediately tense up and back up against the door. And Kimmy says, oh, DJ, try not to startle them. So she asks a question. Simple, simple. Have any of you guys ever been to a dance? Two of the three raise their hands, and DJ asks, with a woman, uh, one of them puts their hands down, and then DJ asks, adds, uh, who wasn't in your family, and the other one that was raising his hand puts his hand down, and <laughs> DJ says, okay, thank you, well, uh, we'll get back to you, and... Kimmy says, all right, boys, haul it back out. And, of course, teachers like, Kimmy, where are you going? And <laughs> Kimmy says, oh, yeah, I'm driving the van. I, I've got to get them back for their allergies shots. What? It just makes me think, like, Kimmy, like, rounded up, a, like, a, a litter of puppies and brought them over for DJ to try to pick out. Like, pick out the best one. Oh, I've got to get back for their shots. <laughs> Good grief. Kimmy shuts the door. DeeJ is like,
2: oh. Hey Dee, great news. I've had a healthy response to my search to find you, Mr. Wright. Call it in, boys. Kimmy, <laughs> would you do rate a Star Trek convention? <laughs> Are getting picky now. Oh by the way are you a stickler for stuff like personal hygiene? I call me weird but yes. Rats. Bachelors two and five, hit the showers. <laughs> Congratulations Kimmy, you've hit an all-time low. Come on Deej, at least talk to them. You've got nothing to lose. Except my dignity. That's the attitude. <laughs> Um, have any of you guys ever been to a dance? With a woman? Who wasn't in your family? Okay, thank you. We'll uh, get back to you. Hey, okay, boys, haul it back out. Where are you going? I'm driving the van. I gotta get them back for their allergy shots. <laughs>
1: All right, so we're back at the stables, and this is where we meet Elizabeth, who is, she's been doing this horse riding thing since she was probably in diapers. <laughs> and she's got her horse, beautiful white horse, named Sir Reginald the Third. Oh, that poor horse. Give that horse an original name, not something that's been passed down from two other horses. clearly that's her horse that she owns, that's not a rented one. Funny how when the girl says her name, the horse, like, stares right at the camera. So Michelle introduces herself and tells Elizabeth, Oh yeah, this is my horse, Old Peppermill, the rented. This girl looks like either, she's like at least a head taller than Michelle. She looks like she could be even like a year older than Michelle. But I don't know. And Elizabeth asks Michelle, like, hey, are you going to be in the jumping competition next week? Because it's really, really cool. And Michelle's downport so yeah, sounds like fun. Hey, old Peppermill, what do you think of the idea? If you like it, just stand there and do nothing. Oh, he loves it. He's psyched. So, Michelle goes back to grooming the horse. And she keeps, like, going over the same spot over and over and over again. And Danny's come to check up on her, see how she's doing. And Danny's like, oh, honey, I think you missed a spot. And he actually, it's almost like he's, like, buffing, like, waxing a car, and he actually goes, and, like, uses the brush on a spot on the horse. And then this lady who turns out to be Elizabeth's mother, this hoity-toity woman, is all like, oh, when you're finished with that horse, could you comb out my little girl's horse? And she hands him money. It's like, lady, excuse me. She's clearly never watched Wake Up, San Francisco, or she would recognize Danny. Yeah, she's going to give him a dollar. He he looks at her, and there immediately there's tension. He says, "I'm a parent, not a groomer." And this wait wait wait. Okay, no one in the right mind. This woman would not be back here in the stables. The way that she's impeccably dressed. Because she looks at Danny, who's wearing a denim button-up and khakis, and says, oh, well, you just had the air of stable help. I'd be like, excuse me? I'm with my daughter. Do you mind? The audience reaction of like, ooh, you did not just say that. He says, well, in that case, I'll take the dollar. Thank you. But I'm not going to come off that horse. The thing is, she doesn't even let it be known yet that she is the mother of Elizabeth. So this is where Michelle tells Danny, Dad, yeah, there's a jumping competition next week. Can I, can I do that? Yeah, it's a, con- a contest, not a competition. But... She says, I really, really want to do this. And Danny is hesitant. Like, honey, you just started riding this horse, like, about a week ago. I don't think you're there yet. She even asked for good measure. Oh, yeah, Peppermill also loves the idea. He practically begged me. And Danny isn't so... Co- well, he just says, honey, you just started jumping. To enter one of those contests, you have to have a full riding outfit. And the thing is... He's concerned, yes, yeah, definitely about money, because that is expensive, and since she just started out, he doesn't really know if it's something she's going to stick with. And he also brings up soccer. Like, I want to see if this is something that you can stick with longer than you did with soccer and, like, a couple other things that she did that we never saw. Of course she did. What he says, oh, it costs a lot of money. She says, I don't mind. I'm like... E- I would be like, okay, you want to do this? Great. We can do it. Um, I'll pay for it, and you'll just pay me back uh, with your allowance for the next year and a half. Honestly, I mean, I get it. She's a kid and everything. But even still, I'd be like, I want to make sure this is something you want to do. So before I agree to this, you're going to help pay for your writing outfit. Or... Help her, have her chip in with her allowance for the lessons. Like, you want to do this? Great. But it's going to cost your allowance. And he says, yeah, I'm sure you don't mind, but I want to make sure you're going to stick with writing, you know, that you're committed to this. Yeah, he says, longer than you stuck with ballet and soccer and raising sea monkeys. Raising sea sea monkeys is just something that a kid does because they're bored. When did she do ballet? was almost sounds like she was following in Steph's footsteps. And then again, I mean, we can't go back to when they gave her that ballerina tutu back in season three. I mean, because that doesn't count. Because she was like three years old at the time. Woman, he is not speaking to you! Go away! Why are... Oh, go away. It's like... She wants to make sure there's no competition for her daughter, which apparently there really isn't much because her daughter wins the competition for jumping every single year. Every year. She's like, oh, good thing it is discouraging your daughter in this contest because my Elizabeth wins this contest every single year. She's been doing this since she was in diapers. And the poor girl, I feel bad because you know she goes, yeah, she basically even says, you know, her daughter goes to private school. This girl, she just looks miserable. You know her mom's got her on a schedule. So regimented, she doesn't even have an inkling of what a childhood is supposed to be. Danny at first thinks that this woman is like supportive, like, oh good thing, you know, don't, you know, not having her do that. And He's like, oh, well, thank you. You know, it's nice knowing, you know, as a parent that you understand. He immediately says, oh, yeah, losing a competition can be so detrimental to a child. Traumatic for a young child. (sighs) Uh, well, I, I don't know. Nowadays, I think, doesn't everyone get a ribbon just for being there and showing up? They get, like, participation ribbons or trophies. It's basically everyone's a winner, no one loses, just for showing up, and even if you don't participate, you still get something. That's what Danny is just like, well, let me handle this, Michelle, you go back to uh, grooming your horse. And he is, he is trying to be polite about this because this woman is a stranger, but right now she's competition, and that's exactly what she's, Viewing Danny and Michelle as for her daughter, even though it's not much competition. He's like, I think you're missing my parenting point here. And he's like, no, this isn't about winning or losing. And she laughs, of course it is. No, she says, of course it isn't, especially if you're losing. And she looks at Michelle and says, oh, you wouldn't want to get her hopes up for nothing. Why are you dragging Michelle? What is wrong with you, lady? Oh my gosh. Plus it, it just seems like this lady would not be coming down to this this uh horse riding pavilion area. It just seems to me like it would be one of, she would belong to one of those fancy ones, you know, with the members. Only members are allowed to join and stuff like that. She would not be bringing her daughter to a public. Well, I don't think so. But I think maybe she does just so that way her daughter can smoke away the competition, rack up her points or her awards, and then bring it to the private sector horse. Riding competitions or something to that effect that's just my guess anyway and danny i love how he's he's like puffing up michelle's like hey you know i don't know if you saw michelle riding out there yesterday the other day but she was really good and i think if she enters this competition i think she could win and the lady doesn't mince words she's like oh enjoy your little fantasy because my elizabeth in reality wins this competition every year The look on this girl's face is just, she is so uncomfortable. She is so embarrassed. Because she and Michelle were fine. You know, they're getting along great. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, the parents get involved, especially Elizabeth's mother. And it's just like, uh, you know that Elizabeth is going to be seeing a psychiatrist or somebody down the road to talk about. Her mother problems with her mom. I just, I get a feeling, I get a feeling this is not a healthy relationship. I don't like it. She's pushing her daughter. I'm sure at one point it might have been a little fun. No, cr- scratch that. There is no room for fun when it comes to having a mother like that, I'm sure. And Danny's like, oh, <laughs> really? Well, not this year because Michelle Tanner's going to kick your butt. Spoken in true Tanner fashion, of course. Go woo yelling, screaming, clapping. oh, they're like in your face. <laughs> Michelle Tanner's gonna take you down. I just it's part of Elizabeth. Even Michelle is just like, uh see, it was fine before our parents got involved and now it's a whole thing. It's supposed to be fun, now it's just like agonizing. Yeah, and then the mother says, Come along, Elizabeth. See, this is why you don't go to public school. Both Elizabeth and Michelle have French braids, which, is, I, it's gotta be important to have your hair, like, tucked up like that, because that way, you don't want the wind, like, getting your hair in your face, and you can't see, and you can't guide your horse properly, you know, that stuff. So, Danny's like, come along, Michelle, we're going shopping, and she says, but Dad, I thought you didn't want to spend money on new stuff. And he's like, yeah, but then I thought about it, and I'm like, think of all the money we're saving by sending you to public school. Let's go.
4: Hi. Hi. My name's Elizabeth, and that's my horse, Sir Reginald III. I'm Michelle, and this is my horse, Old Peppermill, the rented.
0: <laughs>
4: Are you going to be in the jumping competition next week? It's really cool. Sounds like fun. What do you think, Peppermill? If you like the idea, just stand there. (laughs) He loves it. Great, I'll see you
3: there. Hey, honey, you were fantastic out there. You know what, I think maybe you missed a spot. Let me please.
1: (laughs) When you're done with that horse, could you come out my little girls?
3: I'm a parent, not a groomer.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. You just had the air of stable help.
3: In that case, I'll take the dollar. Thank you.
4: Dad, guess what? There's a jumping contest next week, and I really want to be in it. So does Peppermill. He practically begged me.
3: I don't know, Michelle. You just started jumping. Turn one of those contests, you need a whole formal riding outfit. It costs a lot of money. I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you don't. Before I make that kind of commitment, I want to make sure you're going to stick with riding longer than you're stuck with ballet and soccer and raising sea monkeys. I think you're making a very wise decision. Thank you. Hmm? I'm sure as a parent, you understand. Oh, absolutely. Losing a competition can be very traumatic for a young child. I I think you're missing my little parenting point here. Hmm? Now, this isn't about winning or losing. (laughs) Of course it isn't, especially if you're losing. (laughs) You wouldn't want to get her hopes up for nothing. I I don't know if you saw Michelle riding out there, but if she entered the competition, she could win. Enjoy your little fantasy, because in reality, my Elizabeth wins this competition every year. Oh, really? Who
1: are you paying? Well, not this year,
3: because Michelle Tanner's going to kick your butt.
1: Elizabeth, this is why
0: you
1: don't go to public school. Come along,
3: Michelle. We're going shopping. But, Dad, I thought
4: you didn't want to spend all that money
3: on new stuff. Yes, but that's before. I was just reminded how much money we're going to save by sending you to public school.
1: (laughs) So we're back at home. Stephanie's on the couch with her Romeo and Juliet book. And she is just... Wiping away with chapstick at her lips So (laughs) I don't know what was with the writers Of this joke but Danny of course he's got his camcorder He's also got a saddle And when Stephanie Sees this she's like ah camera and a saddle Big date tonight I'm just thinking what This is what I don't understand I'm like why would you buy A saddle Just rent it from the same place you're renting the horse. You don't know, they I'm sure provide that stuff. You don't need to bring the saddle home. The horse isn't there. You can just leave it. I just, I don't understand. Unless you bought the horse for Michelle, you're buying all this personal stuff for the horse, you can just as easily get that stuff from the stable for like, probably the same fee of what she's You know, riding and taking those riding classes and renting the horse and stuff. They provide, I would think, they would provide that stuff. You don't buy it separate. You don't buy it unless you're buying the horse. And Danny says, no. This saddle's going to be ridden by the best, he says, the best-dressed rider in the Bayview Junior Equestrian Competition. So it is a competition, not a contest. Keep changing their minds. Like what is it? Is it competition or is it a contest? It seems like competition just seems more formal. Michelle Tanner in riding gear with the riding boots, riding pants. She's ready to go. That's the thing. If we remember DJ riding Rock the Horse, she didn't have none of this. She did was not wearing a helmet. She was just riding free. Riding in the park with the horse, just a, a sweater on, and a, some jeans, te- some tennis shoes. <clears throat> but if you're gonna do the riding competition, you need to wear the appropriate outfit. Audience applauds, they just love it. It, just, it, it makes Michelle look uppity and formal. <laughs> well, she's basically wearing the same outfit that Elizabeth was wearing. And somebody's like, oh, Michelle, hey, if we gave you a lantern, you could stand out on the front lawn. So I looked this up on Wikipedia, Lawn Jockey. A lawn jockey is a statue depicting a man in jockey clothes intended to be placed in front yards as hitching posts, similar to those of footmen bearing lanterns near entrances and gnomes in gardens. The lawn ornament, popular in certain parts of the United States and Canada in years past, was... Cast replica, usually about half scale or smaller, generally of a man dressed in juggies clothing, holding up one hand as though taking the reins of a horse. The hand sometimes carries a metal ring suitable for hitching a horse in the case of solid concrete or iron versions, and in some cases a lantern, which may or may not be operational. It also goes on to say about historically black jockeys depicting racist caricatures of African-Americans were commonplace. Several styles have been produced with the prolific being a shorter version, commonly known as Jago, a taller version known as Cavalier Spirit, Former is of stockier build with a hunched posture, latter generally is more slender. Typically these statues are made of concrete, but also are made of other materials such as iron may be found in poly, resin, and aluminum. It also says this item has a history rooted in racism. The original racial caricatures that employed are no longer in use. Wow. I didn't know that. I mean, I've heard of long jockeys, but in that regard, just in the history and everything, it's like, oh my gosh. That's horrible. So, Michelle thanks Danny for buying the stuff for her. However, she's concerned, like, well, what if I don't win, though? And he says, honey, don't worry about it. Winning is not everything. She's like, oh, thank goodness. I'm so glad to hear that come from your mouth. And Danny adds, as long as you beat that Elizabeth girl and her loudmouthed mother. It's like, Michelle, really, she, uh, <laughs> she's just starting out. Compared to someone who's won this competition many, many, many years in a row. Michelle is still getting her sea legs underneath her. I really don't see that happening. Michelle is still very inexperienced. I would say maybe not this year, but once you've gained more experience and you've learned more stuff, then you can. But throwing her out there in the ring where (laughs) she's just literally just started jumping the horse just that week. So, yeah. I'm not saying she can't compete, I'm just saying she might be better off waiting another time when she's gained more experience. Hey. Yeah. Oh, camera
2: on the saddle. Big date tonight?
3: No. This saddle's gonna be ridden by the best dressed rider in the Bayview Junior Equestrian Competition. I proudly give you the lovely Michelle Tanner.
2: give gave you a lantern, you can stand out on
4: the front lawn. <laughs> Thanks for buying me all the stuff, Dad, but what if
3: I don't win? Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Winning is not everything. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, as long as you beat that Elizabeth girl with a loud-mouthed mother.
1: <laughs> so, after Danny leaves, there's a knock at the door. Michelle goes to get the door, and Stephanie is, like, right up off the couch. Michelle, I'll get the door. And then she looks at Michelle still in the room and says, Michelle, scram, beat it, get out of here. So Andrew's coming over to her house to rehearse the balcony scene. So she's like, hey, you ready to rehearse a little Shakespeare? He's like, oh, yeah, you bet. I mean, I've been reading the play all day long. And somebody's like, do you understand it at all? And he's like, oh, no, not a word. <laughs> I don't get it. Nah, I don't, when I covered that... <laughs> Romeo and Juliet movie with Leo DiCaprio and Claire Danes, I'm, I, I, flat out said I am not going to speak in their Shakespearean tongue. I'm not gonna do that. I'm just gonna give my own interpretation. Oh, no, he asks, like, oh, do you understand it? And she says, not a word. He's like, oh, no, me neither. Stephanie still sees that Michelle's not left. She's like, Michelle, I said, get out of here she asks, well, why do I have to laugh? I mean, like, yeah, Steph, seriously, go into the backyard, go into the kitchen. You're not taking over that whole living room just to rehearse a scene. You have, like, ten people living in that house. You don't get privacy. Andrew actually suggests that Michelle stays because, hey, you know, it might work better with an audience because when we actually have to perform this scene in front of you know, our classmates and teachers and stuff like that, it might help. I don't know, Michelle, I mean, honestly, Stephanie here, I kind of dislike her in this moment. I get it, she's a teenage girl. I was too, but, I ne- and I never had younger siblings, but even still, it's just, Stephanie's coming off really bratty. And to be honest, she really does not have a whole lot to do in these last two episodes other than this little side plot. Stephanie says, alright, I'm going to go upstairs, you can pretend it's the balcony, we'll rehearse, you know, start off right before the kiss happens. So the lines that Stephanie reads, I'm just trying to think of when I not too long ago did the Romeo and Juliet movie and just kind of picturing Claire Danes saying those words and I can't. And I just kind of wonder if this this is just an abbreviated version because... She oh, you can, this is where you scale the balcony, but for now you can just use the stairs. So she, as Juliet says, oh, I hear some noise within, dear love, adieu. And then go to kiss. And then he immediately freezes up and says, and we kiss. End of scene. And Michelle, I mean, she, again, Michelle's not good about being subtle because, (laughs) She says, "Ah, oh, I knew it, dry lips, and he looks, Andrew looks at her like, oh, what? Yeah, it's like, oh, and the thing is, Stephanie is now letting what Michelle's saying get in her head, because she's like, oh, great, Michelle's right, and Michelle did not have to say it, she's like, "Ah, oh, I knew it, dry lips, that's why you won't kiss you. And Andrew's like, uh, excuse me. And Michelle says, Oh yeah, it's okay. I don't blame you. I mean, it's like kissing a cactus. What? Let's say this. I've never in my life ever kissed my sibling on the or on the cheek or just. I don't think I don't know at all. I don't know, but, <laughs> Michelle's just there to ruin a moment, which. Really wasn't a moment. The real reason that Andrew freezes up, which we'll get to later, is completely honorable and understandable. <laughs> oh, Stephanie's gonna go rip Michelle a new one as she starts running down the stairs. Because then Michelle makes it even worse. What? I didn't say anything about it. I didn't even say that you had a crush on him. Whoops. And Stephanie's so angry. She's like, grabbing Michelle by the back of the neck and hauling her over the couch, the couch saying, Pardon me, Andrew, while I break it for bones. Michelle starts saying, Dry lips, dry lips, and r- runs around the couch with Stephanie chasing after her. And I can see a- Andrew's like, he's quick to get out of there. Like, I don't have time for this. Hopefully he didn't have to walk a long way to her house. With, that was less than five minutes of time being there no, as she's chasing Michelle, Andrew says, I'll let you two work this out. See you later, Steph. Bye. So this is something that Stephanie says. I think she's going way too far. It's like, girl, I get it. You're a teenager, but come on now. This is overreacting. I can't believe you did this to me, Michelle. I'm never going to forgive you. Girl, there are going to be other guys down the road. There have been other guys that you've had crushes on. We're never going to see this dude again. But I'm sure that anyone that's had a younger sibling and they brought their crush over and their younger sibling is making fun of them could most likely relate to that. So Stephanie walks out of the room and... Michelle says, I guess dry lips make people cranky. I, I'll get
2: that. <laughs> Michelle, scream. Oh, hi, Andrew. Come in. So, um, you all ready to rehearse a little Shakespeare?
1: You bet. I've been reading the play all day. Yeah, me too. Do you
2: understand it? Not a word. Me neither. <laughs> Michelle, I said out. Why do I have to leave? Because I said so. You know, Stefan,
0: it might be a good idea to have an audience.
2: <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> so, um, why don't we take it from where we left off, right before the kiss?
4: Now this, I'm glad to see
2: <laughs> My bounty is as boundless as the sea. My love is deep. The more I give to thee, the more I have for both our infinite. Uh, this is where you scale the balcony. But for now you can just use the stairs.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I hear some noise within.
1: Through love, adieu. And we kiss. End of
0: scene.
4: <laughs> I know it's dry lips.
1: Excuse me?
4: That's okay. I don't blame you. It's like kissing a cactus. <laughs> Michelle,
2: what's the big deal? I didn't tell me of a crush on him. Girl. <laughs> Pardon me, Andrew. Whilst I break his her bones. Dry lips, dry. Michelle, you this You see, I Michelle, I can't believe you do this to me. I'm never gonna forgive you.
4: I guess dry lips make people cranky. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, now we're in the next scene, we're kind of continuing with Jesse and Joey and the uh, unusual job TV show tryout. They're going to practice wrestling moves. Joey, oh my gosh, shows up in the most ridiculous outfit. You know, of all the times that Jesse and Michelle have had these special talks, the one time she actually goes to him... He's like, oh yeah, but not right now, honey, I don't have time. I got too many things going on at once. And all the time you came to Michelle wanting to hash out your problems and have a listening ear. One time she asked to talk to you, and you're like, "I'm too busy, can't talk, I got too many things going on right now. He's laying out this plastic... It's like a mat you'd find in like a school gymnasium, like when you're doing like somersaults and cartwheels and stuff like that. I mean, anyone else in fit in, in in PE and junior high or even high school when you had to try to do a sit up on a hard gymnasium floor? Ugh, I could not stand calisthenics. I could not. Stand, I didn't like phys ed at all, and I. Just, <laughs> That's just what this mat just kinda reminds me of, like Like Jimbery Kitty Somersaults and cartwheels and other stuff like that. They gotta work Joey and him gotta work on some holds for this wrestling thing that they're doing. So Jesse sits out says, oh well I mean, is it important, kiddo? And she's like, well, I'm just kind of worried about this jumping competition. She was fine before the whole thing with Danny and Elizabeth's mother. It's like It was even like, oh, this will be so cool. It'll be so fun. Now the parents are like, and the thing is, honestly, Elizabeth's mother, I don't know why she is even, I don't think she's worried that Michelle's going to beat her daughter. Like, no way. I think she really likes to antagonize Danny. And he's all like, hey, don't worry, you're gonna be great. You're gonna knock them dead. You're gonna, like, you're gonna kill them. You're gonna do whatever you do at those competitions. And Michelle corrects him and says, yeah, we're gonna jump. It's a jumping competition with horses. And Jesse says, yeah, you're gonna do that. I'm like, great, pep talk, Uncle Jesse. Uh, I'd put that on the very bottom of the top ten pep talk you've ever given any of your nieces as the most worthless pep talk of all time. She could have given herself that pep talk, it was so bad. I get it, you got so many things going on right now, Jess, but come on. Some words of encouragement, like, that was not even a half-hearted attempt at advice, that was just... Ah, here, I guess, just whatever you're doing, the jump, whatever you're jumping, whatever, I mean, you'll be fine, don't worry about it. I mean, he didn't bring up, like, some of the other things, like, you've done in the past that you've succeeded at, stuff like that, and just using that, just saying, well, you've done many things, and you've overcome things that were hard for you, and you've really, you know, and you've succeeded, and you'll succeed at this. And all you and, and the thing is just know that you you know you're doing your best and also also having fun. I think sometimes you lose the fun and enjoyment aspect when you put so much pressure on yourself for something. And she says, "Well, I'm glad you're going to be there on Saturday." And he's like, "Oh, uh, about that." Oh, uh, he's like, "Hold that gladness there, kiddo, because." Uh, Earth Shorty, because we got, I got so many things going on. I had to do the books for the Smash Club. He's trusting himself <laughs> to do his own books for the Smash Club. When you pay like someone to like I don't understand. I'll have so and so do it. They know what they're doing. He's like, I gotta rehearse the band. I gotta find a new band for the Smash Club. And I gotta do this wrestling thing with Joey. I really don't even have time to finish the sentence. Michelle says, You just did. And he's like, Yeah, see, I'm behind already. Right. Don't worry, bud. You'll be alright. You'll, you'll, you'll do. You'll succeed and do great. What in the world, Joey? He is wearing red long johns. He, er, it looks like a full, tight red bodysuit. He's also wearing cow print boxer shorts over that and he's wearing a towel a towel around his neck and he's wearing a ski mask which is basically the mouth hole and the eye holes he looks ridiculous like you're going to be on television those spend an Ingle whatever his name is. are going to laugh you both out of the ring. I get it. He's just practicing and trying to get into character, but. Ugh, the masked Marvel. And he attempts to jump over the railing at the, at the stairs there because he's going to try to land on the couch. He does not even come close to it. And Jesse, I like how he has to do a double take looking up. Over his shoulder and Joey, goes, what? What is the? You look like the masked meathead. And it, Joey's like, "Come on, Jess, we're gonna be in the ring with professional wrestlers, and you guys are not gonna have any idea what you're doing." Mm-hmm. So they're basically practicing the moves that those two guys or brothers or whatever do. Good luck. Big and theatrical, okay, so kind of like the WWF or the WWE or whatever they go by nowadays. I never grew up, I never watched that, but I went to school with a classmate who was obsessed, obsessed with that stuff, Hulk Hogan and Steve Nash or Steve Austin or whatever their names were, I don't know, but I'm Undertaker, stuff like that, I'm just like... Randy Savage. I'm just pulling those names out of the ether. He was just, and this 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 kid. I went I went to school with this kid since we were like in kindergarten. So I was there for all of his phases. Ninja Turtles, uh, Link, uh, Zelda Link for the longest time, and then eventually in high school it was all about Oh. Power Rangers in junior high, all through high school, was wrestling this, wrestling that. I'm just like, the teacher finally had to tell him, what you're watching is not real. It is fake. You need to understand that. So Joey tells Jesse, throw another pillow on this couch and watch this entrance. Joey, you are going to break something. If not your face, most likely your neck. I love how Jesse just takes a little throw pill and just casually just like plops it down like, uh-huh, he ain't going to even come close to the couch. Yeah, he jumped. when he jumps over that rail, he goes, Wah! it's like when he jumped over, he realized just how ridiculous this was going to be and that he could end up hurting himself. When he sits up, His ski mask is askew on the side of his face. His nose is like in the corner of the eye hole. (laughs) It's just like, dude, thank goodness you got this out of your system now because, uh, uh, I don't want you embarrassing us on public television. And Jesse says, Joey, and Joey says, he's clearly in pain. Yes! And Jesse says, uh, (laughs) you want to just skip the entrance? So he rolls onto the couch and rolls right off of it. And it's on the floor right by that mat. Jesse is like, dude, get up. Come on, we gotta practice some of these moves so we don't look like idiots. You're gonna look like idiots regardless! You don't know what you're doing! You really should have a professional working with you if you're going to even... You would have someone who is trained in teaching wrestling moves, especially, I mean, they're not producing the show. Somebody else would probably have someone come in and say, okay, I'm going to instruct you on how to do these moves. So that way, everything that's seen on screen is staged and orchestrated in a way that no one is really getting hurt. That they're barely even touching each other. It's all staged. It's all for entertainment. Joey, you need to sit down. Or maybe lay down. And, like, his brain's got to be, like, bobbling in his in his head. Because he, he turns and... Okay. And Jesse says, I'm over here. Like, he is, he is really discombobulated. Like, you need to sit down, dude. Because... I mean, he fell from the second story there. That's at least, I would say, probably eight feet. So, Jesse has Joey bend over where he puts Joey in a headlock. And then Nikki and Alex run in wondering what's going on. Yeah, they're like, hey, can we play too, Daddy? Daddy. And Jesse's like, not now, boys. I'm not playing. I'm working. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, I agree with the one, tw- the, the twin here says, you've got a weird job. I don't think the boys even know what Jesse does because he's doing so many different things. Like, career, they're probably like, what does your dad do for a living? Uh Ah. <laughs> Uh, he owns a nightclub, he's a radio DJ, uh, he's in a band. (laughs) Let's just say he wears many hats. And Becky's job is easy. I mean, he's like a producer of Wake Up San Francisco. And Jesse says, yeah, that's because I have a weird partner. So, Jesse's like, alright, now what what happens? And Joey says, alright, well now I do an escape. And these moves just look painful. So, Joey takes his fist. Slams it into Jesse's gut. And then flips Jesse on his back. And then he celebrates. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) And Joey asks, hey, Jess, are you alright? And Jesse says, I think I bruised a sideburn. What sideburn? He doesn't even really have sideburns at this point anymore. I mean, at some point, those sideburns were looking really ratty. (laughs) They weren't looking as clean-cut as, say, like, maybe in season four. And the twins are just so eager to, you know, have their father to be able to, like, have fun with. Because you're like, oh, they're just playing. They're, like, doing wrestling moves and stuff like that. Like, oh, we want to help. And Jesse immediately is just like, no, boys, don't help me. He says, just go sit down over there. And the boys are just so hurt and insulted, like, You're no fun anymore. Oh, they do sit in the chair. And Jesse says, boys, there's a time to have fun and a time to be serious. And then he says, Joey, put your foot in my armpit. Ankle in his armpit. Uh Uh-huh. You guys, you do know what you're doing. (laughs) So, Joey's like, no, Jess. Let's try this. Lay flat on the mat and uh, raise your leg in the air. And Jesse kind of looks at him like, why would I do that? Yeah, I, I can't imagine that would hurt. Joey, what are you doing? You're basically attempting to break Jesse's ankle. Because he's like, I'm going to pop my foot here. And then I'm going to put my foot over here. And then I'm going to take your, your ankle in my hands and your foot in my hands. And I'm going to start twisting it. And even Jesse's like, ah, why are you twisting my ankle? Jeez! And Joey says, Oh, so this'll feel good. So he basically pretzelizes Joey in a way that they or with Jesse locking his Yeah, Jesse's like, You've locked my legs up. And it's like their legs are like intertwined, so what Jesse is immobile? Oh, it's a leg lock. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, I didn't know anything about wrestling. My dad was The state of Michigan wrestling champ. Well, the second champ in the state of Michigan back in the early 70s. So Jesse's like, well, how do we unlock? And Joey's like, here, let me put my foot up against the side of your neck and lift up. And you just hear this crack. It's like Jesse's going to have to see a chiropractor later on because that sounded painful. So, basically, Joey says, the uh, other way to unlock is to get the big book of wrestling moves off my bed from upstairs. So, Jesse's like, hey boys, here's a good chance to finally help Daddy. Go upstairs and get the big book off Jesse's bed. These twins are like, nope, bye. Yeah, and the the twin in white is like, sorry, you said don't help. The twin in the black shirt says... Let's go, brother. And they both walk away like, Uh, you're on your own, Dad. Bye. Honestly, it looks simple enough to, that they could dislodge their legs from each other. I mean, come on. It, it does not look that difficult. Uncle Jesse, can we talk?
5: Absolutely, but uh, not right now. i got too many things going on. Joey and I got to work on some holds for this wrestling thing we're doing. Is it important, Munchkin?
4: Well... I'm just really worried about this jumping competition.
5: Oh, don't worry about it. You're going to be great. You're going to knock them down. You're going to kill them. You're going to, you're going to do whatever it is you do with those competitions. Duck, oh yeah. Okay, you're going to do that.
4: Well, why are you going to be there on Saturday?
5: Well, hold that gladness, Shorty. I, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. I got so many things going on. I got to, I got to do the books for the Smash Club. I got to rehearse the band. I got to find a new band for the Smash Club. i got to do this wrestling thing with Joey. I don't even have time to finish the sentence. Just, uh, oh, see, I'm behind already. I'm sorry, kid. You be great. Ah, behold!
3: The masked marble. <laughs> You're like the masked meathead. Come on, Jess, we're gonna be in the ring with professional wrestlers. We gotta look the part. Everything's gotta be big and theatrical. Now, throw another pillow on this couch. Check out this entrance.
0: Ah! 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 Ah!
5: Ah! Joey? Yes. But you, you want to just skip the entrance? Okay.
3: Yeah. I think so. That's a, that's a good idea, get up, Yeah, get
0: yeah.
5: We going to practice some wrestling holes here so we don't look like fools in the ring, okay? Okay. I'm over here. <laughs> You're Right, now come over here. Oh. I'm gonna put you in a little headlock here. Okay. okay. Bend over <laughs> <laughs> ah!
4: Ah! Ah! we put you, Daddy.
5: Boys, we're not playing, we're working.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you go weird.
5: I have a weird partner. All right, what's next? Now, Jess, I do what's called an escape. Which is... Hey, are you okay? I think I bruised a sideburn. No, 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 boys, don't help, okay? Just just go sit down there. You're
4: no fun
5: anymore. Boys, it's time to have fun, and it's a time to be serious. Right now, it's time
3: to be serious. Joey, put your ankle in my armpit. <laughs> let's try this. Lay down flat on the mat and put one of your legs up in the air. <laughs> Personal.
0: that leg up
5: there, uh, <laughs> I come over like this, grab your foot, I put my leg over like this, I uh-huh. put, put this, 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 there. why are you twisting my ankle?
3: So that this will feel good. What's that? Ah! Ah! Got my legs all locked up. That's the name? Leg lock. How do you Either I uh put my foot around your neck like this, and oh, 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 oh. this isn't working. The other way is to um, get the big book of wrestling holes off my bed and see what it says.
0: <laughs>
5: boys, boys, here's your chance to help Daddy. Run upstairs and get the big book off Joey's bed.
4: Sorry, you said don't help. Let's <laughs> go, brother.
1: All your fault. Come here so I can smack you on the head. Come here. Come here. Come here. 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 Alright, so we're at the Bayview Equestrian Center. It's the day of the competition. Michelle and Elizabeth both wish each other wish each other good luck. So Danny comes in and asks how Michelle's doing. Like, you ready? And she's like, I'm doing all right, but old Peppermill over there could really use a pep talk. So, (laughs) Danny, I love, he's talking to Peppermill and says, Peppermill, I'm going to tell you exactly what my track coach told me right before my very first meet. He says, Tanner, you keep those water bottles filled. So, no, he was never on the track team, apparently. Which, it just seems like, I thought at one point he wanted to be in the Olympics for the high jump or something like that. That was in season five. We never saw anything come of it. Then again, over eight seasons of the show, continuity is going to be. And if you'd think there would be a full house script Bible where you could just. Go through each character and then have a list of just everything, all the dialogue, so that way you'll... That really would have helped Jesse's whole graduating, not graduating thing. And Danny's like, oh, probably won't apply here, but you get what I'm trying to say. Oh, Elizabeth's mother. So she tells Elizabeth... Honey, after you win, we're going to go out for a big victory dinner. And Danny pretty much says the same thing to Michelle, saying, Michelle, after we win, we're going to go out to a big victory dinner. And, he adds, looking at Elizabeth, a victory movie. So, of course, Elizabeth's mother reminds her about the instructions that the instructor had given Elizabeth. Just visualize. Visualizing is very, very important. Yes. Picture yourself jumping and clearing the hurdles. And of course, Danny turns to Michelle and says, Michelle, I want you to picture yourself jumping over and clearing those same hurdles. But jumping higher. (laughs) Higher and faster. And then of course, Elizabeth's mother turns on Danny and says, Yeah, she says, how dare you steal our visualizations? I paid good money for those. I'm like, and Danny didn't? You don't think that he ain't paying for all this? Because he is. And again, Elizabeth and Michelle kind of share a look of like, here we go again. Ugh. And Michelle jumps in with like, "Uh, Dad, I think we need to get ready for the contest. Really, they should be on their horses and ready to go, like, be lining up. So Elizabeth's mother says, all right, I'll see you in the winner's circle. And Danny's like, oh, well, I guess she'll be there to congratulate us. (laughs) Danny and Elizabeth's mother both go out. They both leave the barn, going in opposite directions until Danny realizes he doesn't know where the winner's circle is. And so he just turns and follows Elizabeth's mom.
4: good luck today and tell you, horse too thanks good luck to you guys too
3: hey beautiful how's my favorite junior jumper
4: i'm okay but old peppermill could use a pep talk.
3: ah i can handle that all right peppermill i am gonna tell you the same thing my beloved track coach told me right before my very first big track meet tanner you keep those water bottles filled <laughs> might not apply here huh?
1: Little champion. Now, listen, don't forget, after you win, we're going out for a big victory dinner.
3: Hmm? Michelle, after you win, we're going out for a big victory dinner and a victory movie. Now, Elizabeth, remember what your instructor told you about visualizing. Picture yourself jumping and clearing the hurdles. Michelle, you picture yourself jumping and clearing those exact same hurdles, only jumping higher and faster. How dare you steal our visualizations? I paid good money for those.
2: Our next rider is Alvin Staff. She's on lightning. Uh, Staff, we really need to get
4: ready for the contest. I'll
2: see you in the winner's circle.
3: Winner's circle? I guess you'll be there to congratulate us. (laughs)
1: So, Michelle says, you know, writing used to be fun. And Elizabeth says, yeah, before parents got involved. I'm thinking, and Elizabeth's mom has never acted like this with anyone that this girl is befriended. I'm surprised she didn't say, they're not your friend, they're your competition, you don't need to make friends. I just, that just feels like that's where she'd be coming from. It's like, you don't need to form relationships with these other girls or, you know, they're basically your competition. I feel, gosh, I feel so sorry for Elizabeth. I really, really do. Okay, so Michelle is the one that actually suggests let's skip the competition and just go riding on the trail for fun. I'd like, first of all, uh, I don't think you need to be going off by yourselves unsupervised. I don't think that's a good idea elizabeth gets up slaps high five with michelle and says tanner you're a genius we see the numbers on their back is number 11 and michelle is number eight
4: that used to be fun yeah
1: before
4: parents got involved <laughs> i've got an idea but we skip the contest and just go riding on the trail for fun tanner you're a genius
1: So we see the girls exit the barn on their horses. We do see uh, the cowpoke guy there. Doesn't even really look up. No one's there to say, "Uh, girls, if you're in the competition, you actually need to take your horses over there and get in the lineup. So now we see that the family's there. We got DJ, Stephanie, Joey. And here comes Danny, and they're like, oh, hey, how's Michelle? I love how they're all, they got their snacks. They're all like, hey, we're just chilling. Let's watch Michelle. This is good. You know, and this is the thing. DJ liked horses in season two. We know that with Rocket. And also there's a scene in season three where we hear that DJ had jumped her first fence with her horse. We don't know if it's Rocket or not. It might be. But, DJ never showed an interest about wanting to do I think she just wanted to ride for fun, leisure, not be in competition and stuff like that. And up to this episode, we have never, ever, ever gotten an inkling that Michelle has been interested in horse riding or horseback riding. And they're like, yeah, how's Michelle doing? Danny's like, oh, yeah, I mean, she's doing great. She's ready to roll. She's chomping at the bit. I mean that's peppermill. We got Becky and the twins over at another table with their uh, their Fritos, and of course the boys say how they want a horse, and she says, "Okay, yeah, sure, I'll get you one when you're older." No, you'll get them a fish taco truck in about twenty years. And the other twin said he asked how old, and Becky says, "Old enough to carry a shovel." You can tell they're eating Fritos, and it looks like there's a bag of Ruffles there, too. Hey. Hey.
2: How's Michelle doing?
3: She's doing great. She's ready to roll. She's chomping at the bit. Actually, that was (laughs) peppermil.
0: Mama,
4: we want a horse. Okay, I'll get you one when you're older. How old?
2: Old enough to carry a shovel. (laughs)
1: Okay, so this is the Junior Jumper Competition. So Elizabeth's mother says, where's Elizabeth? And Danny's like, oh, (laughs) she probably couldn't stand. uh, Guess her kid couldn't handle the pressure. Danny, she's been doing that for a lot longer than you. Becky actually has sunglasses on. And the scene she was talking to the boy, she didn't have them on. And Stephanie's like, uh, Dad, Michelle's not out there either. And Joey says, uh, you just told me she was chomping. And Danny says, Joey, no, that was a horse. And Joey says, he's missing too. Well, duh, Joey. <laughs> You're not going to see the horse without its rider out there. So Danny and Joey excuse themselves like, okay, we got to find out what's going on.
2: either
3: I thought you just told me she was chomping oh, that was a horse he's missing too okay, I'll
1: be right back. Stay here. so Danny and Joey come out of the barn and they like well we don't know where she is Jesse comes up and they're like, Jess, what are you doing here and he says well I rearranged my schedule so that way I can make time to see Michelle and if We hurry, we can still catch her. And that's when Danny and Joey are like, well, we're trying to find out where she is. Yeah, Danny says, I'm glad you're here, but we gotta find Michelle. And immediately, Jesse's concerned. He's like, what do you mean, find Michelle? Where is he? And Danny's like, I I don't know. So, Joey has a bright idea to ask the uh, cowpoke over there who's been whittling some wood right outside the door that the girls exited. So, Joey describes Michelle, blonde hair, yay high, cutest little smile, riding a smelly horse. And the guy says, You know, I never thought I'd get to say this, but they went that away." And just is like, Hey, can we borrow those horses there? And the guy's like, Yeah, sure, go for it. Help yourself. <laughs> yeah, I love how he acts! Hey, ain't mine. <laughs> and Joey's like, uh, Sir, uh, Would you mind if I borrowed this little horse? And the guy looks at Joey like, I don't think I should let you, because you can't tell that that is not a horse. It is, in fact, a burrow. In fact, his name is Milton (laughs) Burrow. The guy says, that ain't a horse, Greenhorn. A burrow named Milton. She's
3: not in there. Where could she be?
5: Jess, what are you doing here? Hey guys, I uh, rearranged some stuff. Um, I'm gonna do the books tonight, rehearse tomorrow, and I'm gonna check out the new band next week. If I keep talking, we're gonna <laughs> miss the competition.
3: <laughs> I'm glad you're here, but right now we gotta find Michelle. We gotta find Michelle, where is she? I don't know. Come uh, guys. excuse me, sir. Uh, you see a little girl, uh, blonde hair, but yay high, with, with just the cutest darn smile and a big, smelly horse? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I never thought I'd get a chance to say this, but they went that way. Will we borrow these horses? Yep, so uh, thank you. Hey, <laughs> uh, excuse me, sir, would it be okay if I uh, if I borrowed this little horse right here? Well, that ain't a horse, green horn. That's a burrow. Yeah. Name's Milton. <laughs> Milk <Milton laughs> Burrow. What else? <laughs>
1: So we catch up with the girls who are riding the trail. Michelle says, you know, I like riding horses. It's so nice when you don't have to win anything. And Elizabeth says, yeah, it's cool. I'd be like, this girl is no stranger to competitions. Like I said, she's most likely been doing that her whole life. But at least it's nice to be able to ride leisurely without there being, you know, pressure on her to perform. So, uh, it's Elizabeth who suggests that they jump the log. Again, Michelle just started jumping. So, uh, yeah. So, this, I would not even really call this a log. It almost looks like a downed small tree that's blocking their path. And, um, Reginald, Sir Reginald III here, he's got no problem jumping this, this log. So, she jumps over the log, and it turns and says, Alright, come on, Michelle! So, the horse starts trotting, and it almost looks like she's going a little too fast, and then the horse just stops and rears up on its hind legs. You'd think the horse saw a snake or something, the way it reacts to this log. That's a log! That's not a fence! I haven't come in contact with this! I don't know how to react! So, the horse... Knocks Michelle off its back. And then after that, it seemingly has no trouble going over that log. So did the horse just not trust Michelle, or what? Elizabeth, of course, sees Michelle's been thrown from the horse and runs over, yelling, Michelle! And it, it it seems like the guys, like, come up on Michelle pretty quickly. Like, they're not far behind. But then again, they were hauling horse to get there. So, Elizabeth goes over to Michelle, asking, Michelle, are you okay? Michelle, wake up! I'm thinking, um, I wouldn't be jostling her too much because, yes, she did hit her head, even though, luckily, she was wearing her helmet. So, Danny and Jesse immediately see that Michelle has fallen off her horse and, and they dismount right away and they rush over to her. Danny, of course, says... Please be careful, don't move her, which is understandable in a situation like that. The last thing you want to do is, is move somebody after they've fallen because you could probably be doing more damage. And Elizabeth tells them she fell off her horse. So Joey finally catches up to them on Milton, the burrow, and jumps off. And he, he can't believe what he's handling. Like, oh my gosh. And Joey kneels down and says, what happened? Is she okay? And James says, like, I, I don't know. You know, and the thing is, in all of these eight seasons, I don't think there's ever been a situation in this series where one of the girls has been physically hurt like that. And she actually, well, it's really weird because when she falls and then Elizabeth goes to her, she's on her side. But now it's like she's on her back and almost like she took the full force at the back of the head. But she's not opening her eyes. Danny's like, honey, can you hear me? It's just just nothing. She's out. And luckily, you didn't have to wait a week to find out what was going to happen. Because like, this is like nail-biting. I'm so, ugh. I remember watching it. I just remember being so scared. Like, oh my gosh, this has never happened on the show before. What's going to happen? I'm scared. I'm frightened for them.
4: you don't have to win anything yeah it's cool hey want to jump that log yeah let's do it
1: Interesting I don't know if like when This originally aired if it had A next time on full house because It jumps Really right and it almost Gives you a sneak peek of What's gonna happen I mean I don't know they would not have showed this Before they aired the next Last Final episode because that would have given So much away Alright so that Was the part one Worst outfit of the episode. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give it to all those uh, guys that Kimmy brought over as possible prom dates for DJ. They are all dressed nerdy with the sweater vests and the taped up glasses. Just, uh, just I did not like their outfits at all. So they combine worst outfit of the episode. Best outfit, I think. You know, I kind of want to give it to Michelle's riding outfit. I thought it was really, really cute. runner up worst outfit, of course, has to go to Joey's wrestling ensemble, ensemble with the cow print boxer shorts over the red long johns and the bath towel cape. And the ski mask just looked absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Tanner Teachable moment, a couple of them, especially when it comes to Michelle. It's like, if you're in a competition, I really think that uh, you shouldn't be (laughs) wandering going off on your own. I get it. They're being very pressured by their parents, but again... Michelle does not have a lot of experience. She only has experience riding on a horse with her trainer present giving her the cues that she needs. I'm not blaming you, Michelle, for falling off the horse. I'm not trying to blame the horse for knocking Michelle off, but she really was not ready to jump that log. (laughs) Or be off on the trail. Especially, I mean, they are out by themselves without adult supervision. Even though Elizabeth has had years of training with a horse and her instructor, I really don't think it would be best for either of them to be out there. Whether they had a competition going or not, it's like, no. Because, again, someone's going to be held liable for this. Oh, actually, excuse me. No, number one worst outfit, hands down, going to DJ with the... The flip-up hair at the bottom, and her fake pearls, and her dr- in the cold open, just ugh. And then the 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 uh, chess guys, or whatever you want to Star Trek convention. I don't know nerds with allergies. I don't know whatever you want to call them. They're in second place, and then of course third place is Joey. Um, as far as a second place best outfit, I really don't have one. All right, season eight, episode twenty-four. I just think it's funny because my birthday is eight twenty-four. Anyway, this episode also aired May twenty-third, nineteen ninety-five. It's two-parter. Michelle rides again, part two. In this episode, the Tanner family helps Michelle try to regain her memory. Let's see who we have guest starring here. Will Estes. We got Allison Christman. Uh, this is all stuff from part two, but Elizabeth and her mother are not <laughs> in part two. This episode also directed by Joel Swick. We got writer Jeff Franklin, Carolyn Omni, We got Dennis Rinsler and Mark Warren. We have connections here. So, for the user reviews, since there's quite a bit of them, I am actually going to hold off on those. Here's some trivia. The show's three main characters, Jesse, Danny, and Joey, delivered the final three lines of the series. The final shot of the series shows every main character throughout all eight seasons. The cast did not know if this would be the series finale or not because the WB showed interest in picking it up for a ninth season, even after ABC announced they were cancelling it. If there had been an official series finale episode, it would have been titled Our Very Last Show, which is a nod to the first episode, Our Very First Show. In the scene where Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen appear opposite each other, Mary-Kate is the one playing Michelle and Ashley is the one playing Michelle's memory. This is the last appearance of Michelle as she never appears on Fuller House, and the pilot of the original cast breaks a fourth wall when their characters mention that Michelle will not be joining them. Yes, they do that several times. Although this was the last episode aired, the final episode to actually be recorded was all stood up. Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen are both in the episode because it's the last episode of the show. When Michelle mistakes Stephanie's bed for her, Stephanie had to sleep in her bed instead. Michelle's bed is where Stephanie used to sleep when DJ was her roommate. Let's see. 20 years later, they would make a sequel series titled Fuller House. Let's see. Despite the show still being high in the ratings at this point, it was eventually canceled due to the raising production costs salaries. Fourth and final time, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen would share the screen together on Full House after sharing the role of Michelle Tanner. And finally, the last bit of trivia, in the taped final curtain call, there's a young boy and young girl giving each Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen a bouquet of flowers. It is the twins' younger sister Elizabeth and older brother Trent. Uh, these are goofs. There's only two of them. This is a factual error, I guess. <laughs> when you regain your memory from amnesia, you don't forget you had amnesia. Well, then maybe the person who put this here has actually had it and actually knows that for a fact. holes. DJ mentions that she had a romantic night when she went to Steve's prom. She and Steve argued most of the evening because he came across his former girlfriend and they were nominated king and queen. Well... Steve says something that is so beautiful to DJ during that night. He says, I didn't know what love was until you. And, oh, that melts my heart. It melts it so, so much. So, yeah, we are going to wait on the user reviews for this episode. Like I said, there's quite a bit of them. Um, A while ago, I did say I had a little bit of a surprise. Something I found that I believe also can be found on YouTube. I will double check. But I was able to, because I knew there was a scene missing from when it first aired. I remember that scene, and I remembered that it's not here on the DVD, and it's not <laughs> on Hulu. So I'm like, I know this scene happened. It, I didn't make this up. Most of you probably know the scene I'm referring to. It actually kicks off the episode because when this ep- part two starts, they g- all three guys are going straight to Michelle's hospital room. There is a scene prior to that where they are all in the waiting room waiting for news of Michelle. And someone's bringing coffee, and they're like, oh, just set it down to all these, like, ten other cups of coffee that have gone cold that nobody's, because no one's. Everyone's stressed. They don't know anything. The doctors haven't told them anything. And I am going to say again, because this is a touchy subject for those out there that do struggle with this particular subject, I'm just letting you know that I'm going to play the clip. And then from there, we'll basically go from there.
3: I'm sure they're gonna come out here and tell us as soon as they know anything. Okay, I got two coffees, a tea, a hot chocolate, and an empty cup. That machine owes me 60 cents. Just
2: put it down next to the other stuff we didn't drink.
5: Hmm. All right, everybody. We're just a little nervous. Now we have to find something to do besides pace around this room. Right? Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> hey I
2: got Mickey and Alice off the any anywhere on the shelf.
3: Last we heard she was still unconscious.
2: Well, it could be a long night, and I'd have made some coffee.
3: <laughs> just add it to the collection. Yeah. What was she writing off with that girl anyway for? I know, I know. She didn't want to compete. I put too much pressure on her. This is all my fault. No, it's not your fault. It's is nobody's fault. You just need to sit down and relax. And you know what we need? Coffee. We need more coffee. No, no, more. This <laughs> Hannah, right here. How's she doing? Michelle's out of danger. Thank God. Oh goodness. When can we take her home? Well, she's just regained consciousness. We'd like to keep her overnight for observation.
5: So what are we doing here? Let's go see her. I think for right now it'd be best if only the immediate family went in. Oh.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps then just the parents. Hey, <laughs> okay. who am I to judge?
1: All right, so. I'm gonna explain the scene that I played the clip for. so again, if you do have medical related trauma, if this is going to be <clears throat> then it's if you want to skip it you I'm going to proceed as, as best I can. All right, so we are in the waiting room. The family's waiting just. Hopefully to get word on Michelle. A lot of the things they're complaining about is what's taking so long. Yeah, DJ complains, what's taking so long? Michelle's been in there for hours. And Danny does remind her, like, honey, she took a pretty hard fall. So Joey is the one that brings out two coffees, uh, tea and hot chocolate. And again, nobody is drinking anything. They are too stressed. And Joey realizes on the tray that there's an empty cup. And he's like, it gave me an empty cup. It owes me 60 cents. And Stephanie says, well, yeah, just put it down to all the others we didn't drink. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's at least nine cups with liquid inside that have most likely gone cold. And Jesse says, okay, we need to do something other than pace around the room. But then he presumes to continue pacing the waiting room. So Becky took the boys to Aunt Ida's. This is, gosh, we haven't heard Aunt Ida's name in like quite a while. And she's like, have you heard anything since I dropped the boys off? And Danny says no, other than the fact that she's still unconscious. The doctor hasn't come out and said anything. Becky happens to pull out of a tote bag a big thermos of coffee that her Aunt Ida made. Like, it's going to be a long night. I brought coffee. And they're pretty much, like, just put it on that table there with, like, the 15 others that we haven't drank. And it seems like Jesse is starting to blame. Like, why did you go off with of the riding with that other girl anyway? And Danny says, no, it's me. She didn't want to compete. I put too much pressure on her. Cause, so now he's also, he's blaming himself. Yeah, Danny's like, this is all my fault. And Jesse says, no, it's nobody's fault, okay? And Jesse says, you know what? We all just need to sit down and relax. Like, I'm going to say, probably one of the most tense areas of a hospital, it's got to be the waiting room because that's all you're doing is basically waiting for news. So the doctor does come out, says, Michelle is out of danger. She's. I think he says that she has, in fact, woken up. Right away, they're like, when can we take her home? And the doctor's like, whoa, whoa, look, she just regained consciousness, all right? We're more than likely going to want to keep her overnight for observation. I can imagine that's got to be standard procedure for anyone that has taken a fall to the head. So the doctor does not know this family because Jesse says, well, when can we go see her? And the doctor immediately says, I think it's best for just the immediate family. And the whole family gets up. And the doctor's like, (laughs) perhaps then just the parents. So Danny, Jesse, and Joey all go and the doctor kind of looks like, um, okay, I did say just the parents, whatever. So they go over to Michelle and I can understand that the doctor's like, hey, don't put a lot of pressure on her. She did take a fall to the head. She may have issues with her, her memory. Just take it slow. And also like, it does say treat her like you normally would treat her. Which honestly for someone who's lost their memory, treating them normally. I mean I <laughs> I don't know how well I mean if they I don't know. Michelle has no idea what's happening. And Danny's like, hey, we're just I know that you're really scared right now and we're just we're gonna be When she says, what's happening to me, he says, sweetie, things are going to be a little confusing for a while. And Danny says, we're all going to be here to help you get better. And even Jesse's like, and your Uncle Jay is going to be here as well. And of course, Michelle, not knowing who Jesse is, or even Danny or Joey, especially Danny. She's like, oh, where is he? Jesse, this is not, Joey, (laughs) Joey, this is not the time to be doing Bullwinkle. Because... Michelle's not gonna know who she doesn't even know who you are, let alone whoever Bullwinkle is. You're like, oh yeah, Bullwinkle, will be here too, and she calls him Mister Winkle. So that there was the alternate version. There is a YouTube clip about five minutes long that does include alternate or deleted, in this case, deleted scenes. Okay, so here the aired version. Is when Danny, Jesse, and Joey all come into the hospital room. So he asks her, like, "Hey, honey, how do you feel?" And she says, "I'm okay," but and she immediately puts her hand to the side of her head, just like, "My head hurts, though." Danny is is there to be able to explain why her head hurts. Like, "Honey, you you had an accident. You fought, fell off your horse and hit your head." The thing is, again, he does not know that she doesn't know who he is. He's just talking to her like normal. And I'm sure the the doctor, this is the first time he's seeing this. And he says, honey, I'm sorry I put so much pressure on you. And she says, that's okay. And then she looks at him confused like, who are you? And Danny looks at Jesse and Joey and the doctor, like, "What is going on?" And he turns to Michelle and says, "Honey, it's it's Daddy." And she's thinking to herself, "Okay, like, okay, you're Daddy, so I must be Michelle." Jesse immediately pulls the doctor aside, like, "What's going on here?" And yeah, the doctor does say, with injuries like this, there could be memory loss. Yeah. just the way he's like, "Doctor, what's going on?" She's completely out of it, and the doctor says, "Yeah, well, memory loss is very common with head injuries." Oh, well, it just—it makes me think of that movie that I think it came out in 2013, maybe it was 2011, called *The Vow* with Channing Tatum and Rachel McAdams. It was a very good movie. It's actually inspired by a true story of a woman who had been in an accident, and she lost her memory. And as much as her husband tried to, you know, surround her with familiar things, keeping a similar routine, sadly, this woman never gained her memory back. But at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, does show that they made new memories. She never regained her memory of the life they had before. So they just built upon that and made new memories. And they had children and everything like that. And Danny says, oh, my gosh, how long is it going to last? And the doctor basically is like, you know, it, it is very difficult to say. It depends on the patient. But he does say, treat her like you always do. Surround her with familiar things. Maybe in a way that's something that sometimes if you do, like, something's gonna click at some point the doctor says usually it's just temporary and joey says usually it's like guys stop getting up on this doctor he's just giving you the information he knows And they're like well how does it get better what do we do and he he tells them like hey just treat her as you normally always treat her Go about your regular activities and surround her with familiar things. Like, yes, take her home to the family, just treat her like you always do.
3: Hi, honey. How do you feel?
4: Okay, but my head hurts.
3: Look, sweetie, you had an accident. And you fell off your horse. And you hit your head. I'm so sorry I put so much pressure on you.
4: That's okay. Who are you?
3: Michelle, it's Daddy.
4: Okay, you're Daddy. So I must be Michelle.
3: Doctor. What's going on here she's completely out of it well memory loss is very common with head injuries oh my god how long it's gonna last well usually it's just temporary usually so what are we supposed to do i mean how does it get better <laughs> for right now the best thing you can do is treat michelle as normally as possible uh, Surround her with familiar things and go about your regular activities
1: so we get back to the house Stephanie's in the kitchen reading Romeo and Juliet, and there's a knock at the door, and it's Andrew. He comes in. I'm guessing maybe she might have called him. just like, hey, if you want to come over, we can rehearse Romeo and Juliet. And immediately, he's like, hey, I heard about your sister's accident. I'm really sorry. And I'm wondering, like, did he hear it maybe through school? Because I doubt she told him. And she says, thanks. She's coming home today, but she still doesn't remember anything. And he's like, oh, well, I mean, if you don't want to rehearse Romeo and Juliet for drama class, I mean, I understand if you need some time. And she's like, no, it's fine. It's okay, really. And then he leans in and kisses her. and She's like, oh, what was that? He's, he, I, this is so cute. I love this. He says, oh, it's the part of the scene I normally skip. I swear he is, he is so shy. But it's adorable. And he, and I love how he's like, I mean, I always wanted to kiss you. I just wasn't sure if you wanted to kiss me. And then Michelle said you had a crush on me. So I figured it was okay. And he asked, was it okay? And she's like, I could use a little work. (laughs) And then they kiss and it's adorable. She says, I could use a little more rehearsal. (laughs) The audience is like, woo! and here comes DJ saying, wow, if he's a pizza guy, he sure does deliver.
0: Oh, hi, Andrew. Hi,
1: Steph. Come on in. I heard about your sister's accident. I'm really sorry.
2: Thanks. She's coming home today, but she still doesn't remember anything.
1: Well, if you don't want to rehearse Romeo and Juliet for drama class, I understand.
2: No, it's okay, really. What was that?
1: The part of the scene I usually skip. I mean, I always wanted to kiss you, but I wasn't sure if you wanted to kiss me. But when Michelle said you had a crush on me, I, I figured it might be okay. Was it okay?
2: No, well, I could use a little more rehearsal. Wow, if that's the pizza guy, he really does deliver.
1: So, Kimmy and Dwayne come through the back door there, and Kimmy's like, hey, Deej, great news. Oh, hey, Blondo, is this the guy who'd rather run than kiss? And Stephanie says, not anymore. So, Stephanie introduces Kimmy to Andrew, and Kimmy introduces Dwayne. Her, as she says, refers to Dwayne as her main squeeze. And of course, you know, Dwayne's catchphrase, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Andrew's like, nice to meet you, Dwayne. And Dwayne's like, oh, whatever. So Stephanie and Andrew take off for the living room to go rehearse. And Deej is like, Kimmy, what's the great news? And Kimmy says, Deej, your prom worries are over. Dwayne has a cousin named Wayne who has agreed to be... DJ's date, sight unseen. And, well, no, actually, Stephanie's still there. She asks Dwayne, uh, does he have the same sparkling personality as you, Dwayne? And Dwayne, again, is just hands in his pockets. (sighs) Whatever. And DJ declines the offer. I mean, she thanks Kimmy like, thanks, Kimmy, but, you know, I'd rather stay home and take care of Michelle. And I like how apparently... Kimmy's like, oh, well, don't worry about it. I'll just put him on hold. He's a magician, so he's already got a tux. He just has to clean the dove poop out of the pockets. The Prospects that Kimmy is finding for DJ literally are just bottom of the barrel. I didn't think she could stoop any lower than those... Guys with the tape on their glasses and the body odor issues, and the uh, having only been to a dance with like a female relative, but nope, she's sunk a little bit lower. And well, actually, Stephanie and Andrew are actually at the uh, kitchen island. She's like, Uh, if you'll excuse us, we're trying to rehearse Shakespeare. I'm like, Why in the world is it whenever? She's always, like, trying to get people to leave a room that's already being occupied. Like, oh, you all, can you vacate and go somewhere else? I'm like, go into the living room, Steph. You want your privacy? Go somewhere where everyone isn't. And Kimmy's like, oh, really? Well, Dwayne's a Shakespeare freak. She, <laughs> Kimmy calls Dwayne her little hamlet and cheese. It's so natural. He's like, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Of course, oh, we've heard this guy really say it's whatever. And even teach us like, Shakespeare? Dwayne, really? You say words other than whatever? I gotta hear it. (laughs) Really. (laughs) And then he starts quoting from Shakespeare, one of his plays. And this guy, I mean, oh my gosh, he puts so much emotion into whatever Shakespeare sentence or sonnet or whatever you want to call it and dj is just wow dwayne i i didn't know you had such a sensitive soul and he's just like what, whatever <laughs> it's like choked up
2: deep great news oh hey blondo is this that guy who'd rather run than kiss not anymore um, Andrew, this is Kimmy. Hey. And this is Dwayne, my main squeeze.
1: <laughs> nice to meet you, Dwayne. Whatever.
2: <laughs> so, Kimmy, what's the great news? Dude, your prom worries are over. Dwayne's cousin, Wayne, has agreed to be your date. <laughs> Does he have the same sparkling personality as you, Dwayne? Whatever. Oh, thanks, Kimmy, but I'd rather stay home and take care of Michelle. Well, I'll just put him on hold. He's a magician, so he already has a tux. He just has to clean the dove poop out of the pockets. (laughs) If you'll excuse us, we're trying to rehearse a scene from Shakespeare. Oh, really? Well, Dwayne's a Shakespeare freak. Aren't you my little hamlet and cheese? Whatever. Shakespeare, Dwayne?
0: Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate Rough winds do shake the darling buds of May And summer's lease hath all too short a date
2: Dwayne, I didn't know you had such a sensitive
1: soul Whatever All right, so now we are in the living room. They're just waiting for Danny to get home with Michelle. Jesse is reading an Elvis children's book to Nikki and Alex. Stephanie comes in with a cordless phone and says, Hey, guys, Dad's on the phone. He's on his way with Michelle. And she asks, Dad, when are you going to be here? And Danny walks in with a mobile phone. He says, (laughs) before you can say, Dad, when are you going to be here? So, part of me honestly wonders if, because they did keep her overnight for observation, and I kind of wonder if he strictly, the doctor just said just to the parents, let's not overwhelm her with too many unfamiliar faces, and probably just like, hey, the family, the rest of the family can see her when you bring her home, but let's not overwhelm her. Because uh, Danny did bring a little pink suitcase for Michelle, probably a change of clothes. And Michelle is kind of hovering on the doorstep. And he's like, oh, come on in, Michelle. Don't be scared. Look, everybody, Michelle's home. And everyone's like, oh, hey, hey, Michelle, how are you? And she says, it's nice to see you all again. Stephanie right away, straight out the gate is like, do you remember us? I'd be like, "Um, well, I can tell you right now by her response. It's nice to see you all again. Does not sound like something that uh, Michelle would say if she knew who you were. Yeah, and she said, well, aren't you the nice people I met at the hospital? Okay, so she did actually... Okay, gotcha. They probably just brought, you know, a couple people in at a time. Like Becky and the boys. And then Stephanie and DJ. Probably just Danny came out and prepared them. Like, hey, she's very confused. She's disoriented. Just... Don't ask her a lot of questions and don't expect a whole lot, which honestly I can imagine it's like, yeah, treat her like you would normally. However, uh, in this case, it really, I don't think she, she wouldn't know the difference between how you're treating this person you're calling Michelle, who she's supposed to be. And at one point she actually does get frustrated, which understandably so. She's feeling the pressure of trying to remember who she was and who they're expecting her to be. The family all kind of look at each other like, uh, I get... How do we answer this? Just say yes. Yes, you are. Just take it slow. Don't put so much on her. This is hard for her, too. It's probably harder for her than it really is for, I, I get it, they're used to her being who she is, it's like, but this is the reality right now of what you need to grasp. So Comet comes in, and immediately Michelle backs up. Right in, into Danny, and he's kind of got her like, honey, it's okay, it's okay. And DJ says, well, Comet just wants to say hi, and immediately it's like, Michelle's like, oh, hi, girl. And Jesse corrects her, like, oh, no, he, he's a boy. And Michelle's like, oh, right. Even Oh, yeah, because she even asked, oh, yeah, she even asked uh, do I like dogs? And Jesse says, yeah, you, you love dogs. And she says, oh, good. And then immediately starts petting Comet, putting her hand out for him to sniff. And she says, oh, hi there, girl. And Jesse is really quick to correct her, like, uh, it's a boy. So, of course, she sees all of them together and she asks, uh, do you all live in the neighborhood? I mean, my guess is she's assuming, like, these people, whether they're related. Jesse already said, I'm Uncle Jesse. I don't, We didn't see if Danny's like, these are your two older sisters. Because she's like, oh, do you all live in the neighborhood? And Becky's like, uh, we all live in this house. Uh, definitely it just feels like Michelle's personality here is like that of a viewer of the show for the first time and she says uh, I hope it's bigger than it looks from the outside <laughs> but she's like thinking like oh my gosh there's like 10 people in this room and you all say you all live here how many floors are there and DG is like, you are kind of pushing it. I mean, she's like, Michelle, does anything look familiar? I would, the way that she's reacting, I would honestly, I wouldn't think anything's familiar to her. It's so like basically what she has is a blank slate. And Michelle says, well, I mean, it looks like a nice place to live, but I just, I don't remember living here. So Danny it says, hey, girls, why were you take Michelle on a little tour of the house so <laughs> I like how Stephanie takes on the role of like tour guide she says Michelle please keep your hands and arms inside the tram at all times and Michelle looks at her, Stephanie confused saying, asking we have a tram and it's like no it's just an expression it's like nobody knows how to handle or be considerate of Michelle, because they're used to her being a certain way. And DJ says, yeah, just stick with us.
5: And then the announcer said, Elvis has left the building. Hey, you guys, Dad's
2: on the phone. He's on his way home with Michelle. Dad, when are you gonna be here?
3: Before you can say, Dad, when are you gonna be here? (laughs) Come on in, Michelle. Don't be scared. (laughs) Look, everybody, Michelle's home.
4: nice to see you all again do you remember us aren't you the nice people I met at the hospital (coughs)
2: comment just wants to say hi do I like dogs
5: yeah you love dogs
4: oh good hi there girl
5: uh boy
4: So, do you all live in the neighborhood?
2: Uh, we all live in this house.
4: Oh, I hope it's bigger than it looks from the outside. (laughs) Michelle, does anything look familiar? Well, it looks like a nice place to live, but I just don't
2: remember living here.
3: Hey girls, why don't you uh, take Michelle on a little tour of the house?
2: Okay. Michelle, please keep your hands and arms inside the tram at all times. We have a
1: <laughs> Just stick with us. Yeah. So, real quick, I am going to play a scene that actually played at the end of part one on the DVD that I think was just a cut scene where Danny is worried that Michelle may never get her memory back. Like, what if she doesn't remember us? And Jesse reassures him, like, hey, we're family. We're going to help each other get through this. Oh, no. Danny says, what if she never remembers us? And Jesse says, "We're family. We're gonna get through this. Like you guys have gone through so much together." And Joey says, "Oh yeah, we'll do whatever it takes."
3: What if she never remembers us? Yeah, we're family. We're gonna get through this. Yeah, we'll do whatever it takes.
1: So uh, DJ and Stephanie bring Michelle into the room that Stephanie and Michelle room, and Stephanie says, "And this is our room." And Michelle's a little confused, like, uh, are you sure you don't live in that room? You know, the one across the hall with all the toys. And so he says, no, that's Joey's room. But he's really good about sharing. And this is where Michelle's a little confused, because she asks, he's my, he's my uncle, right? And they correct her, like, well, no, Jesse's our uncle. And Michelle says, yeah, the guy with the hair, which is interesting, because... <laughs> Jesse's hair is a bit shorter shorter than what it was in season one. And DJ, it's almost like she's given Michelle a she's like a TJ like um uh, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> like Tanner Family 101. So, our father is Danny. They haven't even gotten to the mom's there yet. We'll get to that. And, yes, our Uncle Jesse is also married to our Aunt Becky. And they have two kids, our cousins, Nikki and Alex. (laughs) Wow, such a Brady Bunch question, right? (laughs) Michelle asks, how many bathrooms does this place have? Don't you dare say one, because I know there's more than one bathroom. And DJ says, not enough. Well, Jesse and Becky have a bathroom. They have a bathroom on the second floor. Danny, I believe, also has a shower bathroom there, unless there isn't a toilet there, which I'm not sure. Okay, so Joey decides to bring Mr. Woodchuck. Like, it's your old buddy, Mr. Woodchuck. Joey, he can't, she can't can't even remember any of your names or who you are you think that bringing mr woodchuck is gonna somehow jolt a memory into her and joey starts with his mr woodchuck routine hi michelle you remember me i hope you would as he looks up down left right and he makes a, uh, Mr. Woodchuck makes a joke, you know, I've really been pining for you. Ha ha ha. And Michelle just looks at, like, this is the weirdest thing in the world. Why are all his jokes made that are about wood? And Joey says, well, that's the bit we have. And Michelle practically rolls her eyes at this and just is like, huh, clever. And she is such, like, with, with the criticism, she is just very cynical. She's just like, why is everything he says about Wood? Well, the fan, It's just, it's like she's from a, like, a newbie full house watcher. Just, how many bathrooms does this place have? How many, I hope this house is bigger on the inside as it is on the outside if ten people live here. Joey says, oh, yeah, that's the bit we do. Remember? No, Joey, she doesn't remember. So, Becky, Danny, and Jesse come in, and, you know, they were talking, and they're just kind of like, hey, what if we sing Michelle's favorite song? We have not heard this song since, I'd say, at least season four. I think they dropped that after season four with the teddy bear song. They thought, if anything's going to jog their memory, it's got to be the teddy bear song they thought like hey if the guy sang your favorite bedtime song it might bring back some memories and at this point Michelle's like yeah sure whatever give it a shot I guess and Jesse's like check this out Michelle we used to always sing this to you hey Joey it's a sponge with eyes get over here Joey's like in deep conversation with Mr. Woodchuck it's like Joey get out of fantasy land or the enchanted forest and get over there And sing this song to Michelle. It's so nice to hear them sing that again. And we get the audience just applauding. Like, woo! Yeah! And she says, doesn't ring a bell. They are thinking that this is a miracle cure. Like, anything we've we've put in front of her that's from the last, like, six plus years. It's got to jog her memory. It's got to, like, bring something back. I, I just honestly, they are pushing and they are trying too hard. I get the doctor said traitor normal, but you guys are going a bit, you're getting a bit of overboard here. Like it's not even been 24 hours yet. Just calm down. Let it take its course. I mean, sorry, if you think about it, if you lost your memory. And your family brought you home, and immediately, as soon as you walk in the door, they're like, oh, do you remember anything? Does anything seem familiar? Let me throw this song at you and see if you remember. Oh, here's a puppet. Remember, I used to like, we used to have fun with the, the the puppet and everything like that. And it's just like so much. Eventually, she's just like, stop. I'm sorry. I can't remember. I, I'm not the person that you remember. This breaks my heart, but you knew that this question was coming. She says, but can I ask you a question? And Danny's like, yeah, sure, anything. And she says, well, you're my dad, right? And he's like, yeah, that's right. And she asks, well, then where's my mom? And oh, my God, I remember watching this and just tearing up and the girls are tearing up and they're just like what did we say in this instance and what breaks my heart is the fact that when she says even if I get my memory back I'll never remember her oh my goodness oh this just tears my heart out and you just we look at Stephanie and DJ's faces and Danny says uh I'm sorry but your mom died when you were just a little girl. He should have just said your mom died when you were a baby. Just the realization on Michelle's face of basically she's never she doesn't have any memories. She doesn't have any memories. Even if she did get her memory back, none of them would be of Pam. And she says, so even if I do get better, I won't remember her. And the guys are like, well, I'm sorry, no, but, you know, we'll tell you whatever you want to know about her. I'm like, play the whole movie. Play the whole movie from season two. Goodbye, Mr. Bear. Where she's holding baby Michelle. I know she won't remember. But at least she'll have a visual. Sure there's pictures. Around the house. But damn video. To see her talking. And just. And Joey says. Michelle will tell you anything. you About her you want to know. And. She asks. Was she pretty? And oh my gosh, yes, sweetie, she was so beautiful. Jesse says, Michelle, she, she was very pretty. And he explains to her, see, your mommy was my sister. And he says, and you know what? You look just like her. So Michelle looks at the Danny and the guys and then looks at DJ Stephanie. And she is feeling this pressure to be someone that she doesn't even know. No, she doesn't remember. And she's like, I know you all want me to remember, but I just, I can't. And she says, you know, I'm really tired. I think I just want to go to bed. I just want to sleep in my bed. And she goes over to Stephanie's bed. Of course she's not going to remember where her bed is. I don't even think they don't have Michelle's name over her bed. So, and even if they did, I don't think that would have registered. And Stephanie right away is just like, oh, Michelle, that's my, and Becky's like, mm, don't just let her, yeah. That, the fact that that's your bed is not important right now. Well, and the thing is, she says, I know you all want me to remember, but I can't. I'm so-. And she feels bad that she can't remember. And Danny's like, oh, honey, don't worry about it. It's fine. And Michelle's frustrated. She's like, no, it's not fine. I don't know who I am. Yeah, she says, I'm just going to lie down in my own bed. Immediately goes right to Stephanie's bed. Yeah, and even back to the, that's probably not a good time. It's like, Stephanie, just please let her have this. I get it. It's your bed. But Michelle's going through something uh, you could not possibly understand. Michelle's sitting on Stephanie's bed and clutching a pillow to herself. Just, ah, that just, my heart breaks for her. I can't even imagine what she's going through i be like, okay, guys, let's just everyone just leave the room. Let her have her privacy. Just leave her alone for a bit. Because since she walked in the door, it's been Do you remember us? Do you does anything look familiar? It's like that would bombard all of that. I would be like, hey, just give me some time. Just I need a minute to myself.
4: sure i don't live in that room across the hall with all the toys no that's joey's room but he's very good about sharing he's my uncle right no jesse's our uncle
2: the guy with the hair (laughs) right and he's married to aunt becky and they have two kids our cousins Nikki and alex how many
4: bathrooms does this place have it's not enough
3: Michelle, look who's here. It's your old buddy Mr. Woodchuck. Hi, Michelle. Remember me? I hoped you would. <laughs> I've really been pining for you. <laughs>
0: How
4: come everything he says is about what?
3: Well, because that's the bit we do, remember?
4: Clever.
2: <laughs> Michelle we were just talking and we thought maybe if the guys sang your favorite bedtime song it might help bring back some of your memories sure give it a shot
5: okay check this out michelle we used to always sing this to you joey <laughs> joey it's a sponge with eyes get over here <laughs> All right. see if you remember this okay <laughs> oh baby let me be your loving
3: love. teddy bear put a chain around my neck Leave me anywhere. Oh, let me be. Oh, let him be. Yep. A teddy bear.
5: Wop do wada wada. Wop do wada wada. I just want to be your teddy bear.
4: (laughs) That's a ring of bell. (laughs) Can I ask you a question?
3: Sure. Anything.
4: You're my dad, right?
3: Yeah, that's right.
4: So, where's my mom?
3: I'm sorry, uh, but your mom died when you were just a little girl.
4: So even if I do get better, I won't remember her?
5: Well, Michelle, we'll tell you anything about her you want to know.
4: Is she pretty? Michelle,
5: she was very pretty. See, your mommy was my sister. You know
4: what? You look just like her. I know you all want me to remember, but I can't. I'm sorry. Oh, don't worry about
3: it, honey. It's fine.
4: It's not fine. I don't know who I am. I'm just going to lie down in my own bed. <laughs> uh, Michelle,
2: that- that's not. Uh, my-
1: It's morning and Nikki and Alex race in there screaming, Michelle, Michelle, Michelle. <laughs> they go over to where her bed is, and Stephanie's over there and saying, Hey guys, she's over there. And Michelle wakes up, sits up in bed, and looks at them, asking, What do you guys want? And they ask, Do you remember yet? And Michelle says, yeah, I know you're my cousins, but I, I wrote your names down somewhere. So the other, the twin in the blue pajamas says, you said we could have this. And he's holding Rigby the Rhino, the stuffed Rigby the Rhino. And she says, well, I mean, if that's what I said, then go ahead, take it. So... I don't know which one this is, whether it's Nikki or Alex in the blue, but it's like, this is a conniving, cunning kid that seems like he is the, uh, (laughs) of the, of this duo, he is the mastermind. Because when they go around to the side of, like, they're right by the door, but they're on the side of the dresser. The twin in the white pajamas says, she didn't say that. Like, loud enough that Michelle could hear. And the twin in the blue pajamas puts a finger to his lips and says, shh. So the fact that this twin wanted to take advantage of the situation. Like, oh, yeah, hey, we'll see if she did. They had this planned. Like, hey, let's get her Rigby. We'll see if she remembers. If she doesn't, I'll just say, hey, can we have this? I'm sure she'll, she's not going to remember anyway. So, (laughs) you you went a little too far with that, man. The the, the one in blue is diabolical. I don't know if he's Nikki or Al. He might be Nikki. I'm not sure, but he's the one, maybe it was his idea to drop out of college and run the fish taco truck. The other two of them is like, I don't know if I want it. It's like, no, we're doing this together. We're brothers. If I drop out, you drop out. <laughs> this one is like pushing his brother out the door. Like, go, go, go. Keep moving. So Stephanie says, Michelle, I want to let you know that before your accident, we had a fight. And Michelle is just. Does <laughs> Stephanie just really? Steph, why are you, just wait, why are you bringing this to her right now, and Stephanie says, yeah, I I feel awful about what I said, I said I would never forgive you, and Michelle is surprised, like, why, what did I do, and I like how Stephanie's like, well, it was nothing, really, and Stephanie, I like how she downplays it, just, just saying it's just a stupid argument, but it actually turned out okay. Because I found out that Andrew really likes me. And he actually kissed me. And Michelle's like, yeah, well, I'm glad that everything worked out. And Stephanie says, yeah, well, I mean, I'm sorry about what I said. So do you accept my apology? Michelle says, yeah, I guess so. (laughs) I mean, I, I don't know what the argument was about, but sure, why not? And Michelle says, you know, hey, do you feel better now? And Stephanie says, well, I'd feel better if you knew what we were talking about. And Michelle says, you know, I'd feel better if I knew what anyone was talking about. You could have tabled this conversation for a time when she had her ma- as her memory back.
4: Over there. What do you guys want? Do you be number yet? I
0: know you're my
4: cousins. Sorry. I wrote your names down somewhere. (laughs) You said we could have this. Well, if that's what I said, go ahead. Take it. (laughs) She didn't say
0: that. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Michelle, Uh before your accident, we had a fight. Really? Yeah. I feel awful about what I said. I said I would never forgive you. Why? What did I do? It was nothing, really. It's just a a stupid argument. But uh, it turned out okay. Thanks to you, I found out Andrew really likes me. In fact, he finally kissed me. Well, I'm glad everything worked out. Yeah. Well, I'm really sorry about what I said. So do you accept my apology? I guess so. Do you feel better now?
0: I'd
1: feel better if you knew what we were talking about. I'd feel better if I knew what anybody was talking about. So now we're, it's later that day, and Michelle's got a box of these giant hard pretzels, and he's Jesse's working on one of the tricycles that belonged to Nikki and Alex. He's asking, like, hey, shorty, you with the pretzel, Munchkin, can you get me that wrench on the table? And Michelle's like, me? I thought my name was Michelle. And apparently Michelle does not know that she's got a dozen nicknames, all mainly by Uncle Jesse. And she hands him the wrench, and he's like, oh, yeah, I mean, it is. But I like to call you, you know, Munchkin. Sometimes we call you Shorty, Rugrat. Michelle looks like, what did I ever do to you? And Jesse's like, nothing. I mean, you love those names. And Michelle asks, why? And Jesse says, well, because it's part of our special relationship. And he says, listen, Val, you and I go way back. And he says how, you know, the first time I saw you, it was at the maternity ward. He says, I was looking through the window, and I looked in at you, and I waved. And he says you know what you looked back at me and I swear you smiled at me of course the nurse said it was gas but you know I wasn't buying it and Michelle says wow we've known each other a long time and he's like yes yeah, a long time and Jesse says you know when I moved in here to help raise your kids I I, I never thought that one day you'd be helping me raise mine It's yeah and it's just amazing it's like Jesse didn't know by moving in that house, like, that set his whole life and future in motion. The way that Michelle says this, she says, sounds like I had a pretty nice life. And Jesse says, yeah, you had a beautiful life. It's just like, yeah, this was eight years. We're pretty nice. You know? A lot of fun times, memories, laughter. God, she just, she's so frustrated. She says, "I, I wish I could remember it." And I like how Jesse says, "Well, don't worry, Michelle. Right? You will. You just hang in there. Like it's gonna come to you. But if you push it, you're just gonna, wait. Like, she's just gonna end up keep frustrating herself." He says, but most importantly, just remember that I love you very, very much." And I like how he taps her nose. And this is just. This, uh, again, it just makes me sad. She says, I, I guess I love you too, right? And what makes me sad is when Jesse says, well, yeah, I mean, you used to. And of course, she's like, kind of, she's not over it. Like, uh, can I get my pretzel now? And this, this version of Michelle is like, the family does not know how to, this they, they want her back to who she was. And I know that a part, of, you know, also wants that, but... This guys, y'all. You gotta be patient. It's gonna happen in time. But if you, you're just, uh. And the one thing that Jesse says that will play later is the fact, like, what was like a part of you. A part of you was missing, and it's like a part of all of us was missing. Like, yeah.
5: Hey, Munchkin, can you me that wrench, please? Munchkin? Hey, you with the pretzel. Me? I
4: thought we were in special.
5: It is, but uh, I like to call you Munchkin. Sometimes I call you Shorty, Rugrat.
4: Hey, what did I ever do to you?
5: I you love those names.
4: Why?
5: Because that's part of our special relationship. Listen, pal, you and I go way back. I remember the first time I saw you. I was at the maternity ward and I was looking through the window and I and I looked in at you and I waved. And you know what? You look back at me and I swear you smiled at me. Of course the nurse said it was gas, but I wasn't buying it. Wow. Oh,
4: you've known each other
5: for a long time. A long time. You know, it's funny when I uh, <laughs> I moved in here to help raise your kids, I never thought that one day you'd be helping me raise mine
4: sounds like i had a pretty nice life you had a beautiful life i wish i could remember it
5: no. don't worry michelle you will you just hang in there but most importantly you just remember that i love you very very much
4: i guess i love you too right well, you used to can i get my pretzel now <laughs>
1: Joey again comes down with the bath towel cape, the cow print boxers, the red long johns, and he's just kind of telling Jesse, like, I just, my heart's not in this. I know we got to prepare, but I just, I'm not feeling up to this. Yeah, he goes over to Jesse and says, Listen, Jess, you and I have to have a serious talk. And Jesse says, you know, it would be easier to do if you had your underwear inside instead of you wearing it on the outside of your long johns. He says it would be a lot easier if your underwear was inside your pants. Yeah, and Joey says, look, I know we got to do this whole wrestling bit for our TV audition, but, and he says, you know, I was upstairs putting all this stuff on and I just realized my heart's not really in it. That's the thing. It it feels like when something like that happens in your family or something serious is going on and it's like everything else in your life, whether it's a job or just anything you're used to doing, a hobby or something just feels like it falls by the wayside and the only thing that you can focus on is what is going on in your family or your personal life because... That's just how it is. It's like everything gets pushed to the back burner, the wayside, and just like, I got to, you know, and and they do say, you know, family is important and that there's nothing more important than family. Yeah, and, and Joey even apologizes to Jesse and Jesse's like, hey man, Joey, don't, don't be sorry. I mean, I, I feel the same way. And Jesse says, you know, since Michelle's accident, I just, I've really been thinking about my priorities, you know? And he even thinks, you know, that really, there's nothing more important than family. And he really, with all everything going on right now, it's like I gotta create more time to be with my family. He says, Jesse says, anything that's gonna take more time away from my family, well, I just don't have time in my life for it. And it's like, yeah. And the thing is, you only have so much time on this earth, just in light, in general, to spend with with family. Just or just in general, it's like, you spend all your time, you know, working or, or doing a bunch of other things. It's like, life will pass you by. You will lose time that could be spent. And I know, I know, I know, you know, we all, we, we, we're we all in the, in the same boat. We all, you know, we're trying, we're just surviving. We're working to survive, basically, working to live and live and, but... It feels like, you know, don't be living to work. It's just just make time for yourself. Make yourself a priority in your, you know, once in a while too because your own personal health is just as important as (laughs) making sure you got food on the table and your bills are paid and everything like that. But you're not doing yourself or anyone any favors if you're just, you know, you don't want to make yourself sick. Take care of you. Take a me day if you gotta. But Jesse is just, he just, he brings up a good point. It's like, he's, like he said, you know, you got the club, you got your band, you got your radio show. You don't really have time for another commitment. It's like, and she says, you know, if she's only seen him a few uh, minutes a night, that means the boys are only seeing him a few minutes a night. And it's just, it's like, you only have those kids for so long, you know, and... You want to make memories while you can. And Joey says, there's nothing more important than your family. Uh, We can wait. (laughs) We can wait. Joey. Jesse says, Joey, I can't wait till you have kids someday. You're going to make a great father. Uh, well, (laughs) from what we see 25 years later, no, no. Those kids, mm -mm. those gremlins, no. (laughs) Joey. If that's what your kids were going to be like, you should have just said, you know what? <laughs> no. And I like what Jesse says here. He says, there's nothing like looking out at the beautiful little baby in your arms and knowing that you created it. And Jesse's like, well, of course, you're going to have to, you know, find a woman first, you know. <laughs> so he says, yeah, it'd be nice to hold something warm and cuddly that doesn't always talk about wood. What happened to Roxy? What happened to Roxy? Where is she? They were a good pair, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't have them for anybody. Don't worry." And Joey's like, "Yeah, thanks, Jess." So Jesse and Joey hug, and then Michelle comes in, it's just like, "What is with this family and hugging?" I don't get it. He says, "Is it just me, or is it me, or does this family hug an awful lot?" It just feels—it almost feels like creeped out, just weird, and like, "Wow, this family hugs a lot." I don't get that. See, again, it just, it, it's just—it's like she's. A first-time viewer of this family for the first time and just seeing the, uh, how this family's just, I mean, not that she's got other families to compare, but still, it's like somebody just walked in and just played, like, an episode of Full House in, like, season five, like, smack dab somewhere in the middle, didn't know anything about the characters or anything about the show, and just, it's just a... (laughs) critical in that regard.
3: Listen, you and I have to have a serious talk.
5: You know, it would be a lot easier if your underwear was inside your pants. (laughs) Jess, I know
3: we have to do this whole wrestling bit for our TV audition, but I I gotta tell you, I was upstairs putting all this stuff on and I realized my heart's really not in it. I'm sorry, Jess. No, I feel I don't be sorry. I feel the same way. You
5: know, since Michelle's accident, I've really, really been thinking about my priorities, you know. And anything that's going to take more time away from my family, well, you know what? I just don't have time in my life for it. There's nothing that's more important than your family. Right. Gee, I can't wait till you have kids someday. You're going to make a great father. And there's nothing like looking down at that beautiful little baby in your arms and knowing that you created it.
3: Of course, you're going to have to find a woman first, you know. Yeah, it'd be nice to hold something warm and cuddly that didn't always talk about wood.
0: <laughs>
3: It'll happen for you, pal.
0: Yeah.
3: Hey, thanks, Jess. <laughs> is it me, or
4: this family
1: hug off awful lot? <laughs> so, now we're in the living room, and Danny is telling... DJ, look, DJ, I really think you should go tonight. I mean, you only get one senior prom. And Becky says, yeah, my prom was, inc- was incredible. I felt just like Cinderella. And DJ asks, did you meet Prince Charming? And Becky says, no. And <laughs> Becky says, no, but I lost my shoe. There was a mouse in my car. And my date had a head like a pumpkin. And Becky says, but the point is, it's your prom. I mean, you'll remember it forever. And I'm thinking, I didn't even go to my senior prom. I'm like, no. And DJ's like, Becky, you don't need to tell. I mean, DJ knows. Like, well, I know that prom is special because she went to Steve's prom. And she says, I went to Steve's and it was the most romantic night of my life. I'd be like, well, later it was when he says, I didn't know what love was until you. Oh. And now Michelle is like. Oh, DJ is using Michelle as an excuse not to go. Yeah, and and because DJ says, I don't know how I could have a good time knowing that Michelle's here, Michelle's home, scared and confused. And Michelle says, I'm ruining everyone's fun. And I'd be like, no. And DJ says, no, Michelle, I didn't mean it that way. And Michelle asks, well, what way did you mean it? Yeah, I get it, you want her to feel better, but missing your prom and using her as an excuse is not a way to feel better. Yeah, even Michelle's like, how is skipping your prom going to make me feel better? It's not. And DJ Real's like, oh, actually it won't. Michelle says, well, you'll feel bad you're missing your prom. I'll feel bad you're missing your prom. Somebody needs to go to that prom. And DJ says, you know, I would go, but I think it's too late now. I'm kind of wondering, could you get, like, tickets to the prom the day of? I would imagine. And DJ says, even if Dwayne's cousin was ready, I mean, I don't see how I can get a dress and shoes and everything by tonight. Becky is there to save the day. Becky says, I can help with that. I'm a speedy shopper. Yeah. And she says, when my sister was eloping, I had one hour to get a hairdo, a dress, and a letter. I'll meet you at the car. So she hugs Danny and then hugs Michelle. See you later, Michelle. And Michelle says, more hugging, great.
3: (laughs) DJ, I really think you should go tonight. You only get one senior prom.
2: Yeah, my prom was incredible. I felt just like Cinderella. Did you meet Prince Charming? No. No. But I lost my shoe, there was a mouse in my car, and my date had a head like a pumpkin. (laughs) But the point is, is it's your prom. You'll remember it forever. Well, I know the prom is special. I went to Steve's, and it was the most romantic night of my life. But I just don't know how I could have a good time knowing Michelle's home, scared and confused. I'm ruining
4: everybody's fun. No, Michelle, I didn't mean it that way. Which way did you mean it? Well, I just want you to feel better. How is skipping your prom going to make me better? Well, actually, it won't. You'll feel bad you're missing your prom. I'll feel bad you're missing your prom. One of us should go to that
2: prom. <laughs> well, I would go, but I think it's too late now. Even if Duane's cousin was ready, I still don't see how I'm supposed to get a dress and shoes and everything by tonight. Oh, I can help you with that. I am a speedy shopper. When my sister was eloping, I had one hour to get a hairdo, a dress, and a ladder. I'll meet you in the car. Thanks. No. See you later, Michelle.
4: More hugging. Bye.
1: So Danny has a photo album there, and he's like, Hey, Michelle, why don't you sit down next to me and we can look through the photo album? And Michelle immediately dismisses it as there's no point. I'm not going to remember anything. And Danny's like, Yeah, but hey, why don't we give it a shot? LITTLE BABY MICHELLE! aww. There's also, I think it was season... It might have been season three. And now we're on to season five. Okay, no, this is season six, because Michelle's in her honeybee, honeybee outfit. He says, see, it's not easy to... <laughs> he says, this is you and your honeybee outfit. It's not easy to pull off that antenna look. Michelle, it's just like, I, I don't remember. She is easily getting frustrated. Like, she sees what Danny is trying to do, and then she's just like, Stop pushing these photos on me! Yes, okay, a picture of when they went to Hawaii. Cute. And I get it, you want her to remember, but I don't, she's like nine years old. I really don't think she's gonna remember something from when she was like three. That's pushing it. Sure, like, something maybe recent. Hey, this is you on the horse. Remember the horse? Old Peppermill? The rented? Okay, so this is an interesting camera angle. It's like the camera is like bent over the couch because in the right corner you can see Bob Saget's mouth moving. And it's just an inner, because you're literally like right over their shoulder looking at the picture. She says, nope. Disney World, yeah, she wore Princess French I don't know. It's just, I don't think she's going to remember something that happened, like, three years ago, two years ago, a year ago. I would just really, like, why don't you try, like, run, like, with the horse just hey look this is a horse why did not they get pictures i don't know oh my gosh he's got the video play the video play a video of her jumping the horse like training uh, and stuff like that i mean it pro- she probably isn't gonna remember but it's closer to her age than what he's showing her yeah she's like enough she says i don't want to see any more pictures i hate this i can't remember anything and he's, Danny says, I know how frustrating this must be for you. And I'm surprised she doesn't turn him and say, no, you don't. You know who you are. I don't. Yeah, she does. She says, no, you don't. You know who you are. I think honestly, even though this is Michelle not knowing who she is, I think this is the first time she's ever talked to Danny like that. But, again, she is warranted she is warranted to have those feelings and to be upset because she is being pushed to basically her breaking point. And Danny apologizes, saying, I'm sorry, honey. I think maybe we've just been trying a little too hard. It's like, you think? I'm surprised she doesn't say, can you just back off and give me some time? Stop pushing pictures. Stop pushing memories on me that I don't have. And she says, it's okay, I'm a little tired, maybe I'll take a nap. She stands up and she puts her arms out and he's like, what are you doing? And she says, waiting for my hug, I thought that's what you do when you leave a room. She says, I thought that's what you do in this house when you leave a room. And he gives her a hug. Michelle, I have an idea.
3: Why don't we take a little look through the old family photo album, huh? Why? I
4: wouldn't remember anything.
3: Yeah, but let's just give it a shot. It, it might help. Okay. <laughs> look at you. It's you. So cute. Okay. This is you in your honeybee outfit. See? It's not easy to pull off that antenna look. I
0: don't remember. All
3: right. This was taken when we went to Hawaii. Nope. Okay, we, we were all on Disney World. You were princess for a day.
4: I don't want to see any more pictures. I hate this. I can't remember anything.
3: I know how frustrating this must be for you.
4: No, you don't. You know who you are.
3: I'm sorry, honey. I think maybe we've just been trying a little too hard.
4: It's okay. I'm a little tired. Maybe I'll take a nap.
3: Okay. What are you doing?
4: Waiting for my hug. I thought that's what you do in this house when you leave a room.
3: (laughs) Right
1: you are. So it looks like Michelle's laying on her correct bed. Because she's just laying there and all of a sudden we hear Michelle's voice saying, I remember this room. I remember these these walls. And she says, I remember this bed as she hops up on it. And then she says, I remember it all. And of course, it's the other Olson twin, dressed just like her. Michelle's like, who are you? Why do you look like me? Oh, She asks, who are you? And why do you remember everything? And the other Michelle says, it's my job. I'm your memory. And <laughs> Michelle says, where the heck have you been? I've been looking all over for you. And... Memory Michelle says, I know, when we fell off the horse, I got scared, so I hid. And Memory Michelle says, I hope I didn't cause any trouble. And Michelle says, just taps around the forehead, duh. She says, I've been walking around this house with an empty head, and hugging people I hardly even know. And Memory Michelle says, well, get ready, because once they realize I'm back, they're going to go hug wild. And Michelle (laughs) just rolls her eyes. Oh, great. And Memory Michelle says, don't worry. Once you remember how much you love them, you'll be be joining right in. And Michelle says, please don't ever leave me again. And Memory Michelle says, I won't. I promise. And Memory Michelle says, uh, we're supposed to hug now. (laughs) And Michelle says, why doesn't that surprise me? She says, ready? And it's like the other Michelle just steps into her body. Gosh, this feels like ghost dad. What effect did they use that is just like her other Michelle melded into the other one and she sits on her bed. I
4: remember this room. I remember these walls. I remember this bed. I remember it all. Who are you? And why do you remember everything? It's my job. I'm your memory. Where the heck have you been? I've been looking all
0: over for you.
4: I know. When we fell off the horse, I got scared, so I hid. I hope I didn't cause you any trouble. Duh! I've been walking around this house with an empty head and hugging people I hardly even know. Well, get ready, because once they realize I'm back, they're going to go hug wild. Oh, great. Don't worry. Once you remember how much you love them, you'll be joining right in. Please don't ever leave me again. I won't. I promise. Uh, we're supposed to hug now. Why doesn't that surprise me? (laughs) Ready? Ready.
1: Stephanie comes downstairs and says, Oh my gosh, you guys, you gotta see DJ's prom dress. She looks incredible. I don't like her prom dress. It's too shiny and gold. And again, with the hair, the flip at the bottom, is just bleh. It looks like they're playing like Candyland or something. I can't really tell. Because so we got the boys like on the floor at the coffee table with Becky and Jesse and Joey sitting in a chair. Danny taking pictures, walking backwards, mind you, with the camera. DJ, she, I, I don't like the dress, but I just, I think it's so cool. I just, uh. <laughs> Danny saying, work the camera, honey. Like, oh my goodness, you are not a professional photographer. And Becky says, DJ, you're gonna have such a special evening with whatever his name is. Right away, this should have been a tip-off. As Michelle comes down the stairs and says, Hi, guys. And they're like, Hey, Michelle. Boys have Rigby the Rhino at the coffee table. So, yeah. And Michelle says, Oh, wow, DJ, you look beautiful. And DJ says, Thank you. And the thing is, Michelle has no idea that she lost her memory now that her memory's back. She looks at Nikki and Alex right away and says, Nikki, Alex, what are you doing with my Rigby? I told you last week you couldn't have him. And they kind of are like, wait a minute, last week? Yeah, and they're like, busted. (laughs) Like, yeah, you are. You were not supposed to have him. Took advantage of Michelle at a weak moment. You know how much Michelle had to go through to even get that Rigby? She had to go and pick it at the mall. And then... With a bunch of other kids. And then Rigby stopped by her house and gave her a plush Rigby. She went through a lot of trouble to get that Rigby. Stephanie the one is the one that noticed it like, last week. Because she goes over to like, Michelle, you remember something that happened last week? And Michelle's like, Steph, why are you talking to me? You swore you'd never forgive me. And that's when it's like, she's got her memory back. Yeah. Because when Stephanie's like, Michelle, you remember something that happened last week? And that's when Michelle says, why are you talking to me, Steph? You said you'd never forgive me. And (laughs) Stephanie says, she thinks I hate her. Isn't this great? Picks Michelle up and swings her around. Oh my gosh. And Michelle's like, put me down. So Jesse decides to test Michelle's memory. Says, Michelle, okay, come here. This may sound weird, but I want to put this to the test. What is my favorite comb? And Michelle says, Mr. (laughs) Goodpart. So Danny tries a trick question. All right, Michelle, what day do I always vacuum the stairs? And she says, every day. He's like, that's right. And it was a trick question. What's the capital of Nevada, Joey asks her. And she says, I don't know. And Joey says, she never knew that. Her memory's back. Well, I think when she says last week that would have been the tip off right there like okay she remembers something from last week because again she doesn't even remember fo- i don't even think she remembers falling off the horse unless she yeah and, and danny picks her up and just like oh this is wonderful and just starts kissing her on the cheek and she's just kind of looking at everyone like what is going on here Because like is everybody nuts what's going on And they got to kind of fill her in as DJ says, you fell off your horse and hit your head. Becky says, yeah, and you couldn't remember who you were or any of us. And I love how she says, how could I forget you guys? You're my family. And Danny says, you don't know how happy I am to hear you say that.
2: You guys got to see DJ's prom dress. She looks incredible.
3: Okay, come on, baby. Papa. All right. Work the camera, honey. Work the
2: camera. Deed, you are gonna have such a special evening with whatever his name is. Hi guys.
4: Hello. 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 DJ, you look beautiful. Thank you. Nikki, Alex, what are you doing with my Rigby? told you last week you couldn't have him. Busted. <laughs> Last week? Michelle, you remember something that happened last week? Why are you talking to me, Steph? You said you never forgive her.
2: She thinks I hate her. Isn't this great? Oh, my God. Put me down. Wait, Wait,
5: wait, Michelle, come here, come here. Now, this may sound a little weird, but I want to put this to the test. What is my
3: favorite comb?
4: Mr. Goodpark.
3: Bingo. All right, Michelle, what day do I always vacuum the stairs?
4: Every day.
3: That's right, and it was a trick question capital of Nevada. I don't know. She never knew that. Her memory's bad. <laughs> this
4: is wonderful. Yes. Oh, man. Is
2: everybody nuts? What's going on? Michelle, you fell off your horse and hit your head. And you, you couldn't remember who you were or any of us. How could I forget you guys? You're my family.
3: You don't know how happy I am to hear you say it. Attention, shut-ins.
1: So Kimmy bursts through the door and says, attention shut-ins, it's prom night. So she's got her dress, which got a faux fur black collar and then black, like, see-through, like, lacy, like, sleeves. And then it's, like, fuchsia polyester with some, like, white lights on it. And Stephanie's like, oh, nice dress, Kimmy. Is that a purse or a battery pack? She says, battery pack. And I like how she adjusts, like, the level on the lights. And DJ says, Kimmy, Michelle got her memory back. Now, that would have been interesting to see Kimmy with Michelle when, you know, she didn't have her memory. I don't know. I just, it would have been interesting to just see them. You know what feels weird? It just feels like there's only really ever been a handful of scenes of Kimmy and Michelle. Usually it's with her with the girls. But it's just, I don't know. They didn't really have a scene. You know, scenes just one-on-one with them. And Kimmy's like, oh, she lost her memory? Oh, yeah, I forgot. Oh, And Kimmy's got bad news. Hey, Deej, by the way, Dwayne's cousin couldn't make it. And... DJ says, what? You mean I'm not going to the prom? And Kimmy's like, yeah, don't worry. I scrounged up another date for you. Okay, so as soon as Kimmy says Dwayne's cousin couldn't make it, we hear what sounds like a car door shut. And we hear footsteps coming up the walk. As Kimmy says, don't worry, I scrounged up another date for you. I'm going to tell you, Candace Cameron's reaction is 100% real. She had no idea that Scott uh, Wenger, who plays Steve, was even going to be there. Just because he had been away at school at the time. And they just didn't know if they'd be able to get him back for the series finale or even if, you know, they just... So, yeah, her reaction to seeing him there, 100% authentic. You see, you, excuse me, no, you hear footsteps... Quickly going up the steps, cause DJ asks, uh, says, "I'm afraid to ask." The audience just goes wild. <laughs> like, oh, we have not seen him in like a year and a half. It feels like maybe it hasn't been a year and a half, but even still. And Steve says, "Come on, DJ, let's get going. I don't want to miss the buffet." <laughs> he she says, "Oh, Steve," she goes up to him, hugs him. And he's like, oh, I missed you, Deej. And she says, oh, I missed you so much. And they kiss. And I'm just like, ah! Everything. They're all like, hey, how you doing, Steve? And he's like, hey, everybody. And was it Danny that said, hey, you guys really missed each other? And so it seems like Kimmy has been keeping in contact with Steve because he says, oh, I heard you had a pretty tough week. How are you feeling, Michelle? And she says you know, I'm feeling better. And then when she turns to the family, she asks, well, how out of it was I? And Jesse says, well, you were pretty out of it. And he says, I mean, you were here, sweetheart, but it was like a part of you was missing. And Jesse says, so it was like a part of all of us was missing. And Jesse adds, but we stuck it out and we got through it. Joey says, just like we always do. Danny, of course, delivers the last line of the episode of the series as he picks up Michelle and says, just like we always will. So while the credits come up, we see Danny kiss Stephanie, and Stephanie is hugging Kimmy. Kimmy's hugging, side-hugging Kimmy and, and Steve. The boys, Jesse and Becky, pick up the boys. And it's just like, oh, this was so, I mean, I know this was not the final episode filmed, but, oh my goodness. Just, this was a good note to honestly go out on. It really, really was. Everyone did such a good job.
2: Kimmy, Michelle got her memory back. She lost her memory? Oh, yeah, I forgot. (laughs) Hey, Deej, by the way, Dwayne's cousin couldn't make it. (laughs) What? You mean I'm not going to the prom? Don't worry. I scrounged up another date for you.
1: I'm afraid to ask.
3: Come on, Deej, let's get going. I don't want to miss the buffet. (laughs) Steve! (laughs) Uh, I missed you, Deej.
2: I missed you so much. Hey
5: Buddy, hey, I heard you had a pretty tough week. How are you feeling, Michelle?
4: I'm feeling better. <laughs> How out of it was I?
5: Well, You're pretty out of it. I mean you were here, sweetheart, but it was it was like part of you was missing. So it was like part of all of us was missing. But we stuck it out and we got through. Just like
3: we always do. Like we always
0: will.
1: All right, well, that was the episode, everyone. Michelle rides again, again, parts one and two. Uh, We're stopping for part two. Um, I'm going to say. Stephanie, when she's coming down the stairs, she's got, a like, a white, light pink-looking shirt with this really bad skirt. It just looks really gaudy. It kind of makes me think of, like, in part one for the call-up of what DJ was wearing. Practically mirrors the same outfit. And then runner-up DJ's prompt. It's just, I did not like it. It was just like, ugh. Um, runner-up third place is going to, uh, Kimmy's prom outfit. I didn't care for that either. But best outfit is Steven the tux and his tux. I'm just like, oh, beautiful. So Tanner Teachable moment, and this will be the last Tanner Teachable moment for Full House. Um, I gotta say... Again, I've never been in a situation where I've lost my memory. I I can't even begin to imagine the stress and pressure that a person probably feels to regain their memory. Or even family members that have dealt with someone who has amnesia. And I'm not referring to, like, those that slowly lose their memory memory due to Alzheimer's or dementia. But I mean, like an accident that happened that caused memory loss and I think we can all take a good look at this is to see like hey clearly this person is going to remember in their own time don't put pressure on them to remember because they're feeling enough pressure as it is on them they're putting enough pressure on themselves to remember remember And you adding to that is just going to make them frustrated. And again, also, they have a right to be upset. They have a right to feel frustrated. Their feelings are very warranted and valid. Also, in regards to Nikki and Alex taking advantage of Michelle when she, with her memory loss, it's like, come on. I get it they're four years old, but still, don't do that. Don't do that. That's just cruel. And I gotta give the win to Kimmy. I mean, wow, that was great. And it's cool that she's been in contact with Steve. She probably had him in the back pocket thinking like, hey, I mean, we all know those other ones were not serious attempts. It's probably more of a, let me find a placeholder in case Steve doesn't come through. All right, as promised, let's get to these user reviews for this episode. Studio AT, this is July 17th, 2021. Michelle Raids again, part two. Warning spoilers, this does feel like the final episode. I believe the cast didn't know this at the time. And although lots of the characters don't get a very rounded ending, this is a nice way to wrap things up. A sequel series will follow years later, Fuller House, that we know. Okay. All right. Um I'm not going to read this cuz it's just is wildly inappropriate. This review and I feel like any review that is inappropriate is not going to be read on this podcast. All right. All right abrupt cancellation there isn't a rating for this one it just says may 2nd of 2010 this person says from what i read i believe they had to retape the final episode because they were planning on a ninth season but the producers abruptly canceled it after the eighth season i read that john stamos was not happy because they were going to put full house on the we network and then the other cast members just decided to move on to other things um Yeah, I understand that Candace Cameron's character, DJ, was going to be going to college, so I can understand where that character maybe would not have had as much screen time. But even Candace Cameron did kind of like, I've been doing this for eight years, since I was like 10 years old, I want to move on and do other things. Uh, One of the things that she did move on to do was a TV movie called No One Would Tell with Fred Savage in uh, 1996 which I did cover that podcast I covered that in the podcast episode. Am I looking back on my Wonder Years page, which of course is a podcast that is rated E for expletive, that it's basically anyone that's 18 and older can listen to that. So, um, I am not going to read any of these other reviews because they are just wildly inappropriate and, um, Yeah, I don't want to read reviews like that. Again, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but uh, for this podcast being the family-friendly Ears of All Ages podcast that is, I'm not even going to warrant the time to read them. So there is a couple scenes here that were either an alternate or a deleted scene, and I did kind of want to play that here.
3: They say, you can't stand the heat, just stay out of the stable. I think gets it can't stand the smell. The not out there either. Yes, sir, it did. Came by here a while ago, and a little girl about the same age. Uh, any idea where they went? You no, know, I, I never thought I'd get a chance to say this, but they went that way.
4: Do you know me when I was a baby? Of course I do. So, are you back to stay?
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah, there are a couple little scenes added there. One in fact is after the whole thing with Danny's saying, if you can't stand the heat, stay out of the stable. but then he's like, Oh, I think I mean the smell. And then of course, right before they do ask the cow be seen, you know, a little girl's like, Yeah, and then another little girl came by and they rode their horses out. Um the other scene after that also is where Michelle asks Jesse, "Did you know me when I was a baby?" And then of course the one with Michelle's memory, and Michelle asking, "Are you back for good? Are you going to stay?" And her memory says yes. And then the final curtain, call, the curtain, final curtain call with the cast coming out and everything like that. And then Elizabeth Olson, the younger Olson sibling, and then I guess the older Trent, I think his name is. That they both come out and they hand flowers to the Olsen twins. And I just thought that oh, that's so sweet. And Dave Coulier apparently cut his hair off <laughs> for uh, that final curtain called the the lion's mane gone. Alright, and again, yes, lastly, I do want to say thank you to all of my listeners. The ones that have been from the beginning when I started this podcast in April of 2019 to the ones that have been jumping on the Tanner train for the last four years. And also the Tanner newbies. Thank you, thank you for listening to this podcast. For reviewing the podcast on iTunes. If you haven't yet and you'd like to, you are more than welcome to go to iTunes and search for the podcast. Also... As of January, I'm kicking off Fuller House, and I will let you know the episodes that I will be covering in January. So in January, I am going to be covering, it's going to be every two weeks, you get two episodes every two weeks, so a total of four per month. I will be kicking things off with season one. Fuller House, War of the Roses, A Giant Leap, and Partnerships in the Night. If you want, I will be covering doing a little mini cast to give you a full lineup of all of the episodes I will be covering of Fuller House in 2024, which is basically all the ones I have not gotten to in the last four years. So I hope you all enjoy this final episode of Full House. And hopefully you will join me in January when I kick kick off the Fuller House portion of the podcast. If you haven't yet and you'd like to send an email to the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. And I will see you in January 2024. Bye bye, everyone.